Big 8. 820 WWBA. The Big 8. To talk sports. It's real and it's fantastic. This is the JP Peterson Show. I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. That's kind of your calling card, Mr. Peterson. This is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Hey! Now, here's award-winning sports journalist, J.P. All right, happy Tuesday, everybody. So we're winding down from uh, a big win, Bucks win this past weekend, looking ahead to the L.A. Rams. We'll do a lot of that today. We'll also uh, we'll hear from Bruce Arians. Kind of looking ahead to the Rams a little bit. Cameron Bray, Tristan Wirfs will join us. We have turned up what actually happened when Gronk laid that little uh, mama used to say, butter don't drizzle like whatever the hell he said. But I called it. I called it a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to get to that as well. It's freaking hilarious. So we'll get to that. We'll hear from Gronk. Um, we've got some great guests for you today. Kenny Morales from Spectrum Sports 360 is going to join us, talk about the high school football playoffs, USF, and uh, all things local sports. My buddy uh, Richard Gonsmart of the Columbia now opening up a new Italian restaurant in Ybor City. People very excited about this. So we're going to chat with Richard uh, about all things going on in restaurants right now with the, uh, you know, obviously they're back in business, but looming over their head perhaps nationwide lockdowns, and uh, we'll talk about that, what that could mean for the restaurant industry nationwide. Um, and we'll have some other guests along the way to uh, have some fun today. We'll talk some food. We'll talk some bucks. We'll talk a little bit of everything. I um, want to begin today with the story that broke late yesterday about Antonio Brown. Now, look, normally I'm not the guy to kind of nitpick when guys do certain things, you know, guys will be guys. You don't want to end their careers over it. You don't want major implications over it. You know, when they you know, do silly things, but what Antonio Brown is alleged to have done this latest time. And this was a month ago, October 15th. It kind of rubs me the wrong way, like really the wrong way. And I think it's being downplayed. And as much as I, I hate to do this, because I love what the Bucks are doing on and off the field right now. I really do. I mean, they're doing great things in the community. Obviously, what's going on on the field is is fantastic. And I don't I don't want to take away from that. But at the same time, it's, this bugs me. It really bugs me. You know, I said on the show yesterday when this story popped up, there's no way the Bucks knew about this before they signed him. No way. They wouldn't have signed him. I was wrong. I was wrong. According to a statement that the Bucks put out, they knew. They knew. I'm shocked they signed him. I really am. I'm shocked that they signed him. Winning football games isn't this important, folks. This dude is this dude is dangerous. And I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm going to be media hype guy here. Okay, we can go back not too long ago, 
when he threw a table off the 14th floor and almost killed a baby. He, luckily, luckily, no one was injured in that tirade. There was the, the tirade with the, with the moving company back in January for which he is on probation where he attacked the moving guy for moving, doing his job. Now, we, we could go over all the other misgivings and things that he is accused of and are currently in court. Multiple accusations of sexual assault. Grotesque accusations, quite frankly. Not paying a chef who came over to his house at the Pro Bowl and put on a dinner for, you know, 25 of his friends or whatever it was. All the staff, the chef, not going to pay them. He has, he has a history of not paying people who do work for him. Rent a house, not going to pay them. Not to mention attacking his general manager on the field when he was with the Raiders. I mean, we can go through all these transgressions. But most of you know them. And when he came here, we were all like, well, you know, AB's been off social media, been quite a qui- kind of quiet for the last six months. Okay. Seems like he's, you know, he's talking to Tony Robbins. He's turned his life around. That's good. Maybe we should give him his seventy fifth chance to see if he can get it right. Let's see if he can get it right. You know, Tom Brady's going to be with him, be staying at his house. Uh, you know, they'll watch him. He'll be okay. But what really bugs me is the fact that the Bucks say they knew about this. Well, in being completely transparent, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you talk about it? Because you thought it wasn't going to come up. You thought it wouldn't be reported. To me, that just doesn't sit very well, to be quite honest. And let, let me just go through what happened in the police. This is from the police report from the Miami Herald. In the latest incident, a security guard called police after a blue Alfa Romeo car pulled up to the guard shack at Hollywood Oaks asking to visit Brown. The guard said Brown had, quote, gate restrictions, which meant the football player had to be at the gate in person to escort the guest inside. Obviously, those gate restrictions for, were from previous behavior issues. The report said that not long after, Brown showed up on a blue bicycle and began to express his anger with her for denying his guest access. This has also been a bit of a uh, uh, habit of Antonio Brown's. Attacking women. So this is a female security guard that he's going to intimidate. I wonder if he would have done the same with, let's say, a, a six foot five former football player. But no, this is a female security guard that he's going to start yelling and screaming at. Quote from Antonio Brown, why are you wasting my effing time? You need to let my guests through the effing gate, Brown told the guard, according to the police report. Brown then approached the guard shack and began to strike one of the surveillance cameras, causing it to break. The guard was unsure if he used his hand or some sort of object. But Brown left, and the guest pulled back around trying to get in. The guard, the report said again, denied him access. 
Brown returned, cursed the guard, and threw his bicycle at the guard gate arm, causing the gate to get stuck in the up position. The report said Brown got into the blue car and they drove off into the neighborhood. Hollywood police officer visited the property manager at Hollywood Oaks who reported that Brown also entered her office, began cursing at her repeatedly. Brown called her a racist bitch, the report said. Well, isn't that nice? Brown also pulled some COVID-19 guideline flyers off the wall and threw them on the floor, the report said. Berman, the HOA president, told the Herald that Brown was upset that day because the board had earlier fined him for unspecified rules violations and changed his gate privileges, forcing him to come to the security shack to meet guests. It was just kind of an emotional reaction, said Berman, who was also called him a hero for helping Tampa Bay beat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. This woman is a piece of work. Maybe if if she was the one who was assaulted verbally in the office and called a racist bitch, she wouldn't have the same opinion. An officer reviewed surveillance footage that showed Brown striking the camera and throwing the bicycle. The blue bicycle remained at the guard shack, wedged between the guard arm and the arm's motor. The video system is valued at $300, the report said. Berman said the president of the HOA told police she didn't want to pursue charges but instead would consult with the board on how to proceed. Earlier in the story, they said they didn't want to pursue charges because they were afraid what Brown might do to the employees. Well, obviously, we know what he would do. He would walk into the office, verbally berate them, and and throw stuff around. I don't know about y'all, but that's disturbing. The whole incident is disturbing. It's the same pattern for Antonio Brown. And this was two weeks after the Bucks or two weeks before the Bucks signed him. I don't know about y'all, but if I walked up to my guard gate at my house and smashed the camera, threw my bicycle at the security guard, damaged the gate... And then drove off, went to the property manager's office, berated him, called her a racist bitch. I don't know about y'all, but I would be in jail. And I think every one of you would be in jail as well. Now, given all the things that Antonio Brown has done, especially to women, and the things that are he is alleged to have done to women, and here's an incident where he's verbally assaulting a female security guard for doing her job and a property manager for doing her job and has to be called a racist bitch. I'm guessing it's because she's white and she's enforcing rules. And let's let's get the scoop on why they had to put these rules in place. Let's find out what that story is. The bigger question is, what? first of all, is he going to have his probation revoked? Because he doesn't have to be convicted of any charges in order to get your probation revoked. If you do something illegal, which clearly he could have been charged, but they decided not to press charges because it's been worked out amicably. 
which means he gave him a lot of money to shut up. Doesn't mean the incident didn't happen. The NFL is also looking at this incident. And I hate to say this, folks, but this is a very familiar pattern. Guy signs, we find out some stuff. Same thing happened up in New England. I'm sorry. It's just a matter of time before he does something here. Just a matter of time. And what if he does something and somebody gets hurt, which could have easily happened in this situation? What if somebody, you know, just asked him to follow the rules and he didn't want to, which clearly is a problem for Antonio Brown? What's he going to do? Is he going to punch one of the coaches? Is he going to punch the general manager? Is he going to go after Jason Light? Who's he going to go after? Probably a woman, apparently. That seems to be the ones that he goes after most are women. I mean, as a Buccaneer fan, are, are you okay with this? It makes me sick to my stomach. The fact that he still thinks he can walk around with this kind of behavior because the rules don't apply to him after all that he's been through and done. I got news for you, folks. I don't think the NFL is going to turn a blind eye, nor should they. Almost half the fans of the NFL are women. Look at the look at the allegations against this guy, and now these are not allegations. These are eyewitness accounts that he's certainly not even denying. It's despicable, disgusting behavior. These women are just trying to do their jobs, and they have to be verbally assaulted by this a-hole? And the Bucs are like, oh, we're okay with that. It's criminal mischief. That's what they called it. Criminal mischief misdemeanor. Read the, read the, the, the arrest, well, not the arrest report. Read the police report. That's reprehensible behavior. And the Bucs are okay with this? The Bucs knew about this before they signed him? Really? And you think this is not going to happen again over the next few months? Okay. I wouldn't be willing to take that bet. I wouldn't be willing to take that bet. Now, look, we're, we're all Bucs fans, right? I mean, most of us. Radio Johnny excluded. He's loving this. But come on. Is this what we want to do? Is this what we want to be about? And shame on the Buccaneers for signing this guy knowing this incident happened just two weeks before. And I'll say this. If that was if that incident had become public then, do you think the Bucs would have signed him? I don't think so. I don't think anybody would have touched him. But the fact that nobody knew about well, evidently the Bucs knew about it, which makes it even worse. How the hell do you sign this guy? It just never stops, and we're supposed to believe Tony Robbins chatted with him and everything's okay? The dude has major anger issues. Major. You don't flip a switch and turn those off. And I'm just saying, if you're the Buccaneers, 
and this guy goes out and hurts somebody, probably a woman, and you signed him and brought him here, how's that going to look? How's that going to look? And what about what about the the women that he continues to to, to assault? Like are, are are women okay with this guy being brought to this this community, our community? You guys okay with that? I'm not. I'm not. I'm really, really disappointed in the Buccaneers for this. Really disappointed. And if they don't cut them, they're crazy. They're crazy. Because this crap is just going to keep on happening. And you're going to have to keep making excuses for this jerk. How would you feel if if that was a family member of yours that he assault, verbally assaulted? And frankly, I, I think it's physical assault when you throw a freaking bicycle at a security guard. I mean, you destroy a camera? Come on, man. What are you doing? I'd love to get your take on what you think the Bucks should do. I put out a, a Twitter poll and uh, already getting lots of attention. And let me see how the uh, early voting is going here. And uh, let me get to the actual thing. Okay, so here are your choices, basically. Um, I want to I read the uh, the whole thing here to you so you guys can make a make it make a choice. Where the heck is it? I hate when this happens. Um, all right, basically, um, the Bucks knew about this before they signed him. What's your take on what they should do? Should they cut him immediately? Should they not have signed him? Roll with A B. What's your thought? At Fanstream JP, vote. And, uh, of course, call the show. I'd love to get your take on this. 727-518-0820. Look, nobody wants the Bucs. You know, they're, they're on a run. We want to get them to the Super Bowl. We all get that. But I'm telling you, this guy is bad freaking news. I don't care how fast he is, how good he catches. Scotty Miller's just fine. He was doing a hell of a job. And in the end, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you in the ass. Who's up first? Dev Daddy. Dev Daddy. What's up, partner? How are you? Cut him. Right now. Cut him. Right now. Gone. I'm with you, brother. Don't need him. Don't need him. I'm watching the game on Sunday, and I'm like, where is Scotty Miller at? Nine plays. He played nine plays. You got Tyler Johnson as well. I said in the beginning, I think it stunts the growth of Tyler Johnson. I'd be pissed if I was them as well. And for them to know about this incident – after he took all this time, and this is his whole narrative, I took all this time to become a better person, blah, 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 and this, this happened a week before you get signed? You're a clown, dude. I didn't know about that. Supposedly the team does. I don't even think they did. I think they're just trying to cover their tracks, but he's a clown. Get him out of here. I mean, and let's, let's just think about that. It, first of all, if you knew, how the hell do you sign him? Like I can't I can't believe that. And second of all, if you didn't know and now you're trying to cover your tracks, you you look like idiots. Whoever's whoever's idea was to say, "Oh yeah, we knew." Really? That's even worse. I think that's worse, don't you? Absolutely. There's no way that they knew. I hope not, because if they did know, then 
they just look like idiots. Even why more would you? Idiots. Why would they put out a statement saying that they knew? We were aware of this, and we we told Antonio Brown that under no circumstances would any of this be tolerated. He just did it two weeks before, and he's got Unreal. he's got a rap sheet a mile long. And now I think. I'm not ready to say he's a cancer in the locker room, but did you see Jaden Mickens, like what he posted when he was like, oh, I'm not hurt? He posted this on Sunday. He was like, oh, I'm not hurt. It's some BS that I'm not playing today. Go go read into it. It's some BS. Like, no players on our team has, have started to speak out like that, and now Jaden Mickens feels some type of way. Granted, it's Jaden Mickens, but I, I don't, I've, that's just odd to me that now someone in our, our locker room is starting to speak out and be kind of like defiant on social media. That's not really our MO. And I don't think it's a, it's a secret that AB's here and now they feel like they. I didn't know that about Jaden. I didn't know that about him. That's, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, send, I'll send it to you. Yeah, that's He was really defiant about not playing. And I mean, seriously, how do you think Scotty Miller feels? Not that his feelings matter. I mean, this is football, okay? These are football decisions. But. Team chemistry is a very important thing. It's a very important thing. And the Bucks Team leading receiver. Yeah. Your leading receiver just gets benched for a guy with this rap sheet. And, be, and why? Because Tom Brady wants him to come in. Scotty Miller's not good enough. Look, I mean, they may have the greatest culture in history over there, and they can withstand this. But in my in my long experience of covering teams of all types when you bring in people like this from the outside who and let's let's revisit the fact of how good the people are that you already have here chris godwin mike evans scooter scooter miller uh, justin watson i mean you got a receiver core that is the most non-diva receiver core in the history of of the nfl they do all the right things. They block. They do everything. They never say a peep about targets. I mean, nothing. And you bring this guy in, and he suddenly, you know, he's getting all the targets. You know, he's the darling. And everybody else that worked their ass off all through the all through the offseason at Berkeley and everywhere else, sorry, you got to take a back seat. Huh? And then you, hear, then you hear about this mad. crap? Yeah, I'm mad. Um Scotty has done every single thing right. Everything, every single thing right. And plays nine, nine snaps. He's an electric player. He brings something different to our offense. Yeah. And he's not playing. I don't know. I don't like it. We better win on Monday. Yeah. Um, to smooth everything over. Because if we're going to make a bold move like this, yeah. winning is the only thing that will, will smooth this over in my eyes. But, Dev, I'm telling you, how does the NFL – not suspend him again. How does the NFL not suspend him? I mean, this is no different than what he was arrested for. The only reason he's not arrested is because they decided not to press charges because, let's just be honest, they got paid off. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Easily. I mean, God bless that if uh, whoever didn't want to press charges for – Oh, she sounds like an idiot talking about what a hero he was in the win over the Panthers. Oh, my God. You yeah. jock sniffing whatever. I mean, come on. Your employ these are your employees that he is berating and assaulting, and you're gonna go, Oh, well, we you know we're we're all friends now. We don't want any trouble. And then they say, Well, we don't want to press charges because we're afraid what he might do to our employees. What? <laughs> what? 
First of all, what else don't we know about this place? Why is he on gate restrictions? Let's get those stories. Because I guess I'll tell you what, they ain't going to be good. They ain't going to be good. Trust me on that. And somebody's going to talk. I want to talk. I'm trying to get in touch with that security guard. I want a firsthand account of what happened. She must have been scared crapless. Yep. Can we give a big shout out to Mike Tomlin for keeping all of this under wraps until it was just too much? He was what? He was there for like what? Seven years? Yeah. Not a peep. Long time. And he was doing. He was doing things that we didn't know about. Then. Right. Right. He was and able there's... to keep it under wraps and keep that locker room intact. So I got a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin. And, there, but, and there's uh, a lot. And you know what? With all that talent, the, even the Steelers said, "Enough is enough. Enough yep. is enough." And here we are, you know, yeah, here we are making, I mean, Mike Tomlin's probably laughing at us. The Gruden's probably like, I can't believe they signed that guy. Belichick's probably like, oh, good luck with that. You know? And here we are in the middle of a historic run for us with Brady, one of the two years we're going to have him, and your offense is running just fine, and you do this. I said from the very beginning I didn't like it, and I, I like it even less now. It's awful. Got him. All right, brother. Thanks for the input. Appreciate no it. Go Bucks. Cut AB. Send that stuff, by the way, to me. I want to see that too and make them stuff. 727-518-0820. So here's the um, here's the Twitter poll. The Bucks knew before Antonio Brown, before they signed him, about an incident October 15th, blah, blah, blah. What's your take? Shouldn't have signed him 30%. 39% say no big deal. Only 4% say cut him now. And 27% say keep rolling with A-B. So basically B and D are, are the same thing. So almost si- or 66% of people say no big deal. Keep rolling with A-B. That's shocking. I think a lot of it is because I don't think people have really – looked at the police report and see what he's done. They see, oh, they didn't press charges. It was criminal mischief. First of all, I don't know how that's just criminal mischief. That sounds like assault to me. Somebody threw a bike at me and was yelling at the and dropping F-bombs. Uh, I think that's called assault, if I'm not mistaken. Or battery, actually. It's battery. Uh, I don't know. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. If you want to jump aboard, 727-518-0820. We're going to hear from uh, Bruce Arians on the big win and looking ahead to the L.A. Rams, a huge game coming up this weekend, which, by the way, WMOR-TV will have it for you live, free TV, and we'll have a pregame show for you live from American Social. I will be hosting, so come out and join us for that on Monday. Back in three. Eight twenty WWBA. Let's go right now. Back to the show with JP on, on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back. Radio Johnny and I having NBA arguments. We won't bring that to the actual show because nobody cares about the NBA here. <laughs> that that's pretty much might. true. Some no, I might. mean you look at the ratings. Nobody really cares, and all these folks that are want you know the Raptors and. Yeah, I'll love to see the Raptors play here for a year if it doesn't cost me any time with my Lightning. I mean, if the light if that keeps the Lightning from having a, a NHL hub city, which you can't have both, then hell no. 
Now, if the Lightning are going to play regular games with fans, Lord, please, Lord, please, um, I'm okay with it. I'd like to have the Raptors play here and then the Lightning play their regular season. We could do that. But I don't know. I don't think I don't think many people would support the NBA here. I don't. Really don't. Uh, 727-518-0820. Let's go back to the phones. Who's on? Scott. Scott. What's up, Scott? You know, I, th- I think this just proves, you know, how much hypocritical our society is. You know, you've got somebody at McDonald's or Burger King or Staples or Walmart that would throw a bike at a customer or a security guard, and everybody would say, fire him. He doesn't deserve to have a job. You know, everyone says that people should be arrested, thrown in prison for years and years for nothing. And then you have a guy that is constantly beating people up, breaking the law, doing this, doing that. And as long as he wins on our sports teams, everyone said, or you said 75%, yeah. oh, let's just roll with them. And it's, and it's pathetic. It's disgusting. It's just after, you know, after the last seven months of, of everything we've dealt with, everybody says it's going to bring us together. We don't, you know, sports aren't the most important thing in the world. And then fast forward to the comment you made right before the break. People just don't care as long as they can sit there on Sunday with yeah. a smile on their face. And last time I checked, he's not really doing much in the last, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we've got a guy that's got a bad attitude that's ultimately going to destroy this receiver core yep. because he does it on every team that he does. Yep. And as long as he's got those big muscles and he used to catch balls, People are happy he's here, and it's just sick. Yeah, I wonder how those same fans would feel if that security guard was their daughter or their it, mom. It, you know, it, it, it would be one hundred percent different. Sure, it you would. know, every, every everyone's a tough guy until you know everyone. I mean, and first of all, I, I I have a special problem. I have a really special problem with big men, football players, intimidating women. I mean, I have a huge. I mean, no, but no man should do that. But uh, you know, what what kind of man are you that you think you can do that and say that to a woman who's just doing her job? You are a coward. You are the lowest form of man if you can do that. I think it's disgusting. Well, it's not just that. It's the fact that the Bucks have now taken the stance as of today that they're just saying we knew about it. And then to come to find out the only reason he has not been charged criminally is because the security company is afraid of retaliation to their employee. Yeah. So Imagine what's that. that? It's just disgusting. You know, and I'm not always doom and gloom. I love sports just as much as you do. But, you know, you've, we've got guys beating their kids, beating their wives, killing people, DUIs left and right, and everyone just says, just suspend them for, for, for a game. They'll get back, and then we win the Super Bowl, no one gives a crap. Yeah. And... It's just a shame. It is a shame. And I, I thought we were better than this, to be quite honest. But evidently we're not. So, All right. Thanks for chiming in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. I, I You know, again, I don't want to go on this all day long. But um, if you all want to, I, I, if there's somebody else who has a different opinion, I would love to hear it. 727-518-0820. Are we making too big of a deal of this? I don't think we're making a big enough deal, to be quite honest. And again, I hate to disrupt the great buck season and all that's going on, but you know the other level of this that's very disturbing is Brady. He should know better than this. He should know better. And Bruce Arians, 
Bruce Arians has championed women all of his life. And minorities, too. By the way, I mean, are we just glossing over the fact that he walks into the property manager's office and screams at her for doing her job, rips down posters, drops F-bombs on her, and then calls her a racist bitch? That's a, that's a racial slur. And, and under what grounds is he calling her? Because she's enforcing the rules of the community that makes her a racist? We're just going to gloss over that? What if it were flipped around? People wouldn't be glossing it over. I can tell you that right now. No way. That I mean, that to me is one of the most disturbing parts of the story. You're going to act like a jackass, intimidate women, assault them verbally, and then play the race card. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That should work out well. All right, back to the phones. Who's up? Chris in Clearwater. What's up, Chris? How are you? Hold on. I'm going to drive through it. Fake and shake. I didn't know it was going to be. Oh, quick. All right. You're, 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 we'll let you do your steak and shake. Okay. We'll, yeah, by the way, steak and shake. You still there, JP? I love me some steak and shake. You still can't eat inside since March. You still got your work at the drive-thru. Really? Yeah, we don't have no inside dining. What? Yep. It's Florida. We're not like the rest of these sheep around you know, the nation. Uh, we have our own rules. Are you surprised what's going on right now? You shouldn't be with our society. With it. it all ties in together. You know, we look the other way on important things, and we just ignore the, the <laughs> you know. But yeah. All, I think what you're, what's going to happen, you know, you, you know, is you're going to lose your coach at the end of the year. He's going to resign over this. I, I'm, he, he, he doesn't like, he can't stand the guy to begin with. I know. This, well, this, this is to put, be put on the team. Yeah. He's, got, he's going to isolate the other team. You know what's going to happen. I mean, a bullet check could see the writing after on one after one game. He's had enough of him put in this listing, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't why Brady has a bromance for this guy. That I one don't I either. can't figure out. I don't that either, I man. I mean, his wife. I mean, he's, is the wife in the house with him right now, or is she not living there with him right now? I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. But I certainly wouldn't leave my children or my wife around this maniac. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you. what what the hell is he thinking? I mean, he's really, not, just to win? If you you got I mean, six trophies got, and you're going to compromise got, all of your values for this jack wagon? Really? This reminds wow. me, I hate to say this, this sounds like a Jerry move, and you know I'm a Dallas fan. Yeah. Like the, you know that. This is almost like a Jerry move. And then they, and then the Bucks say that they knew about this. And that, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I mean, if you have any kind of respect for your city and for your franchise, Thank for you. your coach, you have to dismiss this guy. He has to be now. Thank you. Released today. Thank you. Today. Today. Yes, today. Because uh, guess what? The NFL is going to suspend him anyway. I got news for you. Like, that's, that's maybe, coming. Maybe that's, their, maybe that's their convenient way out. To say, look, well, then you look like jackasses. Well, then you look yeah. even worse. Like, we were going to let them play, you but, you know, the coach, NFL took them away. Them. What? Does Brady and Eric <laughs> have a, do they have really that much of an issue as a, as, as a teammate and a coach? I mean, as a coach and a player, I guess they must be. No. I mean, I, I mean not so? that. I, no, I think they have a great relationship. I think they have a great relationship. Because, you know. If, he, if he's on the team, you know Aaron's not going to put up with this next year. You know that. He's not going to go through this uh, all, all year again. Because this, this, this is like the 18th million time that he's done something. Come on. It's, it's not, it's well, not here's, here's the deal. It. Here's the deal. Chris, Chris, the, NBA, the, NFL, 
The NFL is going to suspend him anyway. They're going to re, re or he, he could go to jail. He violated his probation. Well, what about and that here's guy? The, here's the thing. What the hell are you doing, State of Florida? He clearly violated his probation. Stick his ass in jail. Well, That's how it NFL. works for the rest of us. Well, look Sorry. At the NFL. They cleared that guy in DC what extortion and, 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 and robbery and everything. Now he's now he's being shopped around today. We might sign that giant DB. Probably will. Sure, I'm oh, sure we God. will. Oh we my a, God! We'll put it, put him in the corner, cell block D of the locker Thank room. You. Thank you, I mean, Jiminy Christmas. Love you, love you, man. Thanks, partner. Appreciate I, it. I hope they listen to us for a change. Hopefully, nah, right? who knows? You know, and I, I, you guys, if you've listened to me for a long time, I'm not one to make a big deal out of things like this if I don't think they're a big deal. I think this is a huge deal. I mean, when you you know you read the the police report. Is it, I mean, it's disgusting. And again, all of this was based on him getting gate restrictions. So clearly he violated other rules of the community there. And I don't know, you know, a lot of communities have stupid rules. I get that. And I get frustrated with my community at times, too, when they're doing stupid stuff. I mean, it just... I. I, I don't think the NFL has any choice. They have to suspend him, don't they? I mean, clearly. And again, the state of Florida, law enforcement, what what is what is your culpability here? Listen to this. Um, this is from the Herald article. He remains on probation after accepting a plea deal and agreeing to complete 100 hours of community service. I wonder how many hours he's done. Let's check that. Zero. And an anger management course. How's that going? His plea deal says he must live, quote, without violating the law. A conviction in a court of law is not necessary for such a violation of law to constitute a violation of your probation. Well, he clearly broke the law. It is a violation of his probation. And any one of you guys out there, including me, would be sent to jail. But not Antonio Brown. Nope. He's going to get paid millions of dollars to play football. And guess what he's going to do? Keep behaving like this. You know why? Because nobody's stopping him. There's no deterrent. He knows he can get away with whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do, he can get away with it. Somebody's going to pick you up. Somebody's going to pay you. And the biggest issue, I think, on this team has got to be Brady. Like, we don't know this for a fact, but we all believe it, that Brady was the one who pushed this. Because we know damn well that Bruce Arians didn't want him here. And it wasn't a kind of like, milk toast don't want him here. It was like, no effing way, ever. So somebody had to convince him. Was it Jason Light? I doubt it. Who has enough power to convince a head coach to go against all his convictions about, about a player? Who, who, who on this roster or in this organization could possibly make him do that? Mike Evans? Yeah, I don't think so. It's Brady. And now Brady, who vouched for this cat, has to... It, 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 I'm guessing Brady knew about this. The organization knew about it. Brady knew about it. And it's okay. 
Wow. Man. Sorry. Can't be down with this. All right, let's uh let's take a quick break. We got the uh, Ludeman on. Uh we'll uh, we'll find it. Right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Bruce Arians as we uh wrap up Sunday's big win and look ahead to the Rams. And if you want to comment on comment on this, 727-518-0820. Back in three. WWBA. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with JP. Hey, folks, real quick, want to remind you um, the uh, deadline to sign up for Obamacare, which is still out there, folks. And by the way, I have it, and uh, it's a great deal. Um, a family of four making less than 65000 can get a great insurance plan for nothing. And in some counties, up to $100,000. It, it's kind of a sliding scale. It's a very complicated formula. Trust me, you don't want to try and figure it out, but here's the beautiful part of it. Call free Obamacare. Uh, these guys know the laws inside and out. They know exactly what questions to ask you and can sign you up in a heartbeat. Took me about 15 minutes. Uh, just call them at 877-652-0244. It's 877-652-0244. Four four. It's it is an easy process. They walk you through the whole thing. They'll do a little computer share with you. You'll answer the questions, and they'll be able to tell you whether you qualify or not. And again, you know, it, there's a it's a very complicated system that they have. But in the bot, in the end, if you can get a lot lower price for your health insurance, which let them shop it, see if see what you can get. You never know, and um, chances are you can get a better plan at a much cheaper price. So, and it's only through December 15th. That's going to be the deadline. So, you want to call now, 877 652 0244. 877 652 This could save you a ton of money. You can get great plans to choose from. Florida Blue is the one I have. So, give them a call, 877 652 0244. James on? No, it's not James. It's actually JC from Sunset. JC from Sunset. What's up, brother? How are you? How you doing, man? Good. Anyway, uh, I remember a similar thing, but it, this guy wasn't even a bad guy, but everybody was all upset about him coming when Reggie came to uh, the Yankees. The M&M boys couldn't stand him. Martin couldn't stand him, and Munson couldn't stand him. But it's not even similar to this. This is terrible what's going on. Well, and- back then, um, just to be quite honest, I mean, that was Reggie Jackson, a very um, – let's say, opinionated black man in the 70s who was a showboat, and that was against everything that baseball was about back then. You're right. Certainly a racist component involved there, uh, no doubt about it. And he was not, you know, he was not widely loved. You know, yeah, a, a guy like that think, today's would, 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 would be beloved, I would think. But, you know, back then it was different. I don't think of Reggie as even thinking he was black. I don't ever remember him coming out for any stance against anything going on back then. Yeah. You know, like yeah, Tiger. Know. And I sure hope Jameis doesn't join the club. I'll give you the three guys that are in the club, all right? Doug Williams, Steve Young, Trent Delfer. Oh, yeah. Super it's Bowl possible. champions. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. It's, all right, JP, it sure is. keep it up. Keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I don't think, honestly, I don't think it's anything like, I don't remember Reggie having any problems with the law at all. I mean, never. He was just a, you know, 
It's a boisterous, showboating, super talented home run hitter, you know. And you know, back then, you know, even you know, the traditionalists in baseball didn't like the the showmanship. But uh, I mean, come on, Reggie Jackson, the best of the best, and you know, th- this involves a lot of aberrant behavior by by a weirdo. Um, all right, we don't have time to play the whole Arians thing, but I want to get the Gronk thing in. We need a laugh right about now, you know. Let's get a little laugh. So remember when Gronk came up with that wacky crap a couple of weeks ago during the press conference? I was like, I'm telling you, somebody put him up to this to to fit in this crazy saying. And I thought it was going to be on his TV show, which they're going to, I think they're going to put it out in November. He's coming out with a new TV show. Uh, But actually, it was Jimmy Fallon who put him up to it, right? So they do this, uh, this bit on The Tonight Show where he's asking certain players to fit in these nonsense crazy sayings into their press briefings and of course nobody does it like Gronk so let's play the whole thing we got a whole bunch of different players in this who's involved yeah uh, so I know it's uh, DK Metcalf is in there Ryan Tannehill's in there Gronkowski's in there uh, Dalvin Cook I think is the yeah. first one and yeah I'll name the rest of them off as they go through all right we'll name them off this is this is the bit from the tonight show this is hilarious Dalvin, you were named NFC Offensive Player of the Week today. How do you feel about that? Great. Um, Give all the credit to the O-line up front, receivers, tight end, just going out there and just working hard. And I run yards like switch hard, so that's what it is. What was it? What is your favorite part about being a receiver? Is it catching touchdown passes? Is it your dance celebrations? Uh, I believe catching catching the touchdown passes because, you know, they're like Pokemon to me. I got to have them all. What makes that connection with you guys on that particular throw so difficult for anybody to defend? Yeah, I mean, it's like a saying my mom used to say. Uh, it must be maple syrup because uh, butter don't drizzle like that. Uh, Ryan, do you stick with the finger roll celebration or do you change it up? You know, I think I got to stick with it. You know, I think through the, through the whole process I learned – that's why you call them touchdowns and not touch-ups. But again, I mean, myself, you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, again, you know, call me, call me old-fashioned. You know, like literally, like I mean it. Call me old-fashioned. That's my new nickname. I mean, you know, on the team right now, they call me old-fashioned. You no, know, I mean it. You know, that's my new nickname, old-fashioned. Maybe even I, I, I bring that up and, and put that in his ear a little bit. You know, sometimes you gotta throw the sauce in your paws. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, there's not a week Travis th- that goes by where Coach Coach Reed isn't going to get on you, man. He's, he, that's his that's his job, you know. Sometimes you just got to be like, take it easy, roller coaster tycoon. You know what I mean? <laughs> what your mom said is a quote that I am not familiar that. with. Can you elaborate a little more on that? Syrup drizzles. You got to make that play. Uh, and, and a stick of butter, it's a block. You got to put it in the microwave to melt <laughs> it. That just takes too long. You got to make that play right just away, baby. And, and that's why... You know, that's why I'm like the maple syrup. That, that's why she used to always say that, because I'm quick with it. I just drizzle all over the place. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. I just drizzle all over the place. That's too good. Now, of all the guys that dropped it in, Gronk was by far the best. By far the best. Not only did he take the most nonsensical saying, and the other ones, you know, I'm old-fashioned, like that's – that's easy to work in. Gronk not only worked it in, but embellished upon it, which takes a special kind of Gronk talent to me. I mean, that's just 
That's just so well done. So well executed. I hope he continues to do that. That should be like every week he does a Zoom call, he's got to do a drop it in. But now we know what's going on, so it won't be as effective. But I still love it. I'm quick with it. I just drizzle all over the place. <laughs> That's it. it you is. got it. Our first drop. That's fantastic. Wait, you got a drop button. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. I'm quick with oh. it. I just drizzle all over the place. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. We're going places with this show now. We got drops. Yeah, baby. I can't wait. We got so many more coming at you. All right. Uh, we'll hit a break here. When we come back, Kenny Morales is going to join us from Spectrum Sports 360. We'll hear from Bruce Arians talking about the uh, the big game against the L.A. Rams and the win over the Panthers. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Cameron Brait, Tristan Wirfs as well today. So stay with us. Two hours left to go of broadcast brilliance. Let's get your take on A.B. as well. The Big 8. 820 WWBA. The Big 8. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. All right, welcome back. Kenny Morales will join us in just a little bit. Spectrum Sports uh, 360. If you want to join the conversation, 727-518-0820 is the number. Um, we'll just uh, update the poll here. Uh, right now, Basically, uh, 67% of people, Bucks fans or whomever, that are uh, participating in the in the poll, which has over 100 votes right now, 67% are basically, eh, let's roll with AB, no big deal, which is uh, a little surprising, to be quite honest. All right, um, the Bucks obviously coming off a big win over the Panthers, uh, gets them to 7-3, and three, and now they're... Uh, Looking dead in the eye, the L.A. Rams are coming to town. Monday Night Football, WMOR-TV, of course, we'll have it for you on free TV, Channel 12 on Spectrum. We'll also be doing an hour-long pregame show right before from uh, American Social, downtown Tampa. So come down and join us. We'll do our radio show from there as well on Monday. Big game day. Uh, Sean King will be uh, part of our pregame show, so make sure you check that out. You don't have to watch the ESPN show. Just watch us. It's much better. Much better. All right, let's uh, check in with Bruce Arians. Uh, yesterday he chatted with the media about the uh, the win over the Panthers and the upcoming game against the Rams. Will Ali Marpet play? We don't know just yet, but let's uh, let's listen in. Hey, B.A., um, you, uh, I guess you're changing the, uh, the schedule a little bit this week to accommodate the Monday night. Just tell us, you know, you said you were going to go back and look at all that you were doing, uh, what you've discovered and, and uh, sort of why – you think this will, will might benefit you? Well, we got to try something because we've we've had really really poor starts in, in night ball games. So uh, we're going to try practicing at that game time, Friday and Saturday night. Uh, do some more stuff actually Monday morning uh, than we've been doing, and uh, and see, we got to try something. So uh, you know, luckily we have an indoor facility and uh, and we can work at night. So we're we're going to do that and uh, hopefully get a better result uh, to start a ball game at night. Right. And, um, you know, from the beginning, you've been, you know, in, in Ronald Jones's corner. I mean, I know you've brought in other running backs, Burnett, obviously the Sean McCoy competition sometimes raises guys game. What did you see in him that you just felt, you know, this guy is going to, is going to turn a corner and, and, and be what he's become. He was so young, you know, when he got here, he was so, so young and, uh, uh, didn't really have that much background, 
but yeah. had tremendous talent. I mean, his his ability to cut, make people miss, break tackles um, was outstanding. It was just a matter of maturing as a back, slowing down, letting the game come to you instead of forcing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was really, really proud of him because, you know, when he had the, the miscue in New York, it really put him in the tank because he thought he let the team down. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about that one play doesn't change games. And uh, so when he came to the sideline, it was all encouragement. And uh, I really like the way he bounced back and had a hell of a ball game. You know, and that was a huge decision for Bruce Arians because, I mean, previously when Ronald put it on the ground, he got benched. So that was, um, you know, for whatever reason, Bruce kind of changed his tune on that and stuck with him, and it paid off big time. I mean, you talk about week in and week out coaches' decisions, how important they are. You know, the week before, the coaches thought it was best to start Joe Haig at left guard. It was a disaster. It's a disaster. And they'd even uh, toyed with the idea of A.Q. Shipley moving to center and then moving Jensen over, but they went with the Haig plan, and uh, the Haig plan was a disaster. You know, I'm not even sure how much guard he's played. I want to point the finger right at him directly, but you know, also Donovan Smith had a horrible day against the Saints, and they were up against a much better defensive line. Let's be honest about that. But the decision to move Jensen to put Shipley in was was huge, and the decision to keep Rojo in, and and folks, I, I don't even think it's close. When you look at the way Fournette runs and the way Rojo runs, Rojo is just he's faster. He's he's more shifty. He breaks more tackles. I mean, you know, in the in the pass game, Fournette's a better player, but he's not even that great in the passing game. And maybe we look at Keyshawn Vaughn this week, or what I've seen is Shady McCoy. I don't really think he's uh, he's got much left in the tank, to be honest with you. So we'll see how they play that down down the road. But right now, Ronald Jones is third in the league in uh, rushing rushing yards. That's pretty freaking impressive for a guy that hasn't had a whole lot of carries all right continue next question thanks you're welcome next will be greg Amon. hey bruce i just want to ask you the uh that that kind of new look on the offensive line kind of dealing with with having market being out seemed to work really well for you guys last uh, yesterday against Carolina. I just want to ask you about Shipley and how how much that's what you brought him in here for. Yeah, exactly what we brought him in for, to have it, you know, a veteran guy uh, that the quarterback would be so comfortable with calling out the fronts, calling out, the, you know, the Mike linebackers and identifications and, uh, and having Ryan on the left side even to make sure too. So, uh, you know, to have two veteran guys in there, I thought, you know, our communication was outstanding in the offensive line in that ball game. Bruce, is that, I mean, is that generally just a, a fix until Allie's back or, or is there anything you might do to look at a new look once you add Allie back into the lineup? No, it's just until Allie gets back because he's been playing fantastic. And uh, right. but we, don't, we do not want to hurry him back. Uh, I want to make sure he's well. Thanks, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, pause that for a sec. Um, yeah, I think this does give the Bucks some options here, though, and not necessarily moving Allie Marpet to tackle. I think everybody wants him to take over for Donovan Smith. That's not happening. He's not he's not a tackle. Um but we you know Marpet could move back to his first position at right guard or you could keep Jensen at left guard or you move Jensen to right guard. I think Jensen Shipley Marpet gives you a better trio of interior players. You know not not you know nothing against Alex Cappy. He's a young kid. He's only in his second year. He played at a small school. 
Um, this is a tough ask. You know, he hasn't been great. You know, he's he's been okay, but not great. I think I think your best offensive line is that one I just described, and maybe that could be an adjustment that they look at. Um, I think. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how it moves forward, but definitely getting Marpet back is going to be huge. And at this point, I think that might. Uh, I think we'll probably see him this week. Uh, Kenny, ready to go? All right. Well, welcome in Kenny Morales from Spectrum Sports Three Hundred and Sixty. What's up, brother? How are you? Hey, doing good, man. How about yourself? Excellent, excellent. Um, I want to catch up with you on a couple of fronts because I know you guys do a, a, a sensational job of covering high school football. And um, the playoffs are on. It's been a weird year. Um, just give me your, your take on what you've seen so far in high school football with all the COVID restrictions. I'm just glad they've gotten uh, you know part of the season in. Yeah, no, I, I think that's where I'm at as well. You're just happy to see these guys get a chance to not only go out there and play games, but play meaningful games. And now you get a chance to to you know get to the postseason and you know maybe chase after a state championship. I think the only uh, you mentioned it that because it's such a weird season with all the COVID stuff. Um, I guess you, I would say you're not seeing as competitive of playoff football as you would see. Uh, what I mean by that is you're seeing a lot of teams that normally would not make the playoffs get in there because yeah. of you know some teams didn't either have a season or you know miss, you know missed a bunch of games, had to quarantine, forfeit, whatever the case may be. So you're seeing teams that you know are two and six or you know maybe won one game and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So you're seeing twenty point, thirty point blowouts. I saw some crazy stats. It was Bob Putnam who does a great job covering high school football here. Something like seventy percent of the games, or something, in high school football were decided by double digits. Uh, this first is a mix between first round games, depending on the classification, and like they have play in games now because right. of all the weird, yeah. uh, weird situation. Uh, so that's the only negative um, is that you, you saw a lot of blowouts yeah. this, this first weekend. But it, uh, that's going to happen, and right. they're going to get as, they're going to get more competitive as as the weeks go on. So uh, excited to see uh, you know how it all looks kind of going forward. Well, I think that was part of the plan, and I think it's a good plan, you know, because you didn't know how many teams were going to get a chance to play and who was going to be able to play what week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, give everybody basically an opportunity to get into a tournament. And, you know, if you have right. your full team at the end of the year and you haven't had most of the year, at least you get a shot, a fair shot. So I think they I think that was a good call. Um, and, and, no, I agree. I yeah. agree for sure. And, and so who are some of the teams you think can, can really make it, uh, take it all the way, some of the local teams? Uh, yeah, I, I think to start with Bloomingdale. Um, I think that they're the only undefeated team in our area, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just loaded from top to bottom. I mean, D1 kids all over the field. You start with uh, Ajay Hall, the, the four-star wideout. He's committed to Alabama. Uh, they got a, a DB, uh, Philip Riley, who uh, flipped a couple times. He's a four-star kid. Um, now he's committed to Notre Dame. Uh, I think they have a kid that's also headed to FAU. So they're just they're loaded with talent. Dang. And, um, yeah, they they have a really good shot at at, uh, at winning it all this year, which is great because um, our reporter, Kat Smith, did a story on them a while ago. You know, it was a, t- it was a program that really hadn't done a lot of winning for a long time. Oh, they were uh, awful kind of, forever. They were yeah, the doormat. Kind of the, right. That's, that's exactly what she called them, and the doormat <laughs> of, of kind of Hillsborough County football. Yeah. And look, now look what they are now. They're, they're at the – they're the door. They're the doorstep of, of possibly winning a state championship, which would be awesome for them. What is that? That's um, just coaching. They got a new coach, kicking ass. Yeah, it's coaching, and then I think just a lot of those kids. Um, they also got a lot of tra- uh, Jai Hall is a transfer. Uh, they mm. got a lot of kids that came in there as well um, later on uh, through these past couple seasons. So just that that you know um, addition of just the talent. It, it just it's hard to compete with that when you just got kids on both sides that are going to play at the next level. Um, I think you look out for them. I think Gaither is another team that's performed really, really well this year. Uh, another team that, you know, has D1 kids, uh, Jordan Oladokun, 
um, who was, I believe he was previously committed to Iowa, and they're undefeated as well. I'm sorry, I almost uh, yeah. didn't give enough love to them. <laughs> the Cowboys are also undefeated. My mistake, Cowboys. Uh, Joel Nozokin, he's a D1 kid. Um, their quarterback, Kyle Kelly, uh, is, is, a, is a heck of a player as well. Yeah, where, uh, so where is he I, headed? And that's Kenny Kelly's son, right? That is Kenny Kelly's son. I believe he was Miami. Um, I want to yeah, see I if think he I heard that. Yeah. still – let me see. I have my computer right here, three-star dual threat. Ball State, I'm sorry, he switched. He's Ball State now. Ball State? That's the, All right. He messed, switched around, went to Ball State, yes, sir. Once he um, wins a state title, that'll change. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, but, yeah, I think that's another program you have to keep an eye on. Um, and another one I'm looking um, you know, maybe a dark horse, uh, Tampa Bay Tech, who I believe is 6-3 and three this year, but uh, they got Durant coming up here this Friday. And they have a quarterback who, if I'm not mistaken from what I saw, it's either a career record or a single-season record. He's about to break Michael Penix's uh, touchdown passes record, which is uh, pretty impressive considering uh, what the things he's doing now at Indiana, helping the Hoosiers yeah, get to Yeah, how about uh, that story, huh? Yeah, I mean, that kid is how, – how, him and uh, Watt Fillier, another Tampa kid, I believe he went to plant his receiver. Um, you got a bunch of Bay Area kids taking an Indiana program that has been insignificant for how many decades now to uh, you know top ten in the country. It's yeah. awesome to see. They're the, they're the talk of, uh, of of college football right now. Yeah, they've they been really a, are. They I got Ohio State this week. That. That's going to be a heck of Who would have thought uh, that uh, Michigan-Ohio State doesn't even matter, Penn State-Ohio State doesn't matter, it's Indiana-Ohio State that's the real matches that. in college football. And where did their coach, Tom Allen, coach here locally? Armwood? Armwood. Yeah. That's he was the DC at Armwood. Yep, so a ton of local local kids, on, and then just local ties to Indiana. Love to see it. So he went from DC at Armwood like ten years ago to now head coach in Indiana, rocking the entire college football world. Incredible with, with a quarterback Incredible from Tampa Bay done. Tech. How about that? Yeah, that's How a hell cool of a story. That? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, maybe they'll come play in the Outback Bowl. That'd be even more fun, right? Hey, that'd be fun. I would love to see that. Let's that's have a fun, an Outback Bowl. Team to watch. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and we'll be watching this week. Um, all right, so that's that's high school football going on right now. And you uh, have you you been covering a little bit of the USF disaster of a season this year? <laughs> a little bit, yeah, here and there, yeah. Tough, tough, tough go for uh, Jeff Scott and company. But I mean, I, I think if you're you know somewhat plugged in, or even if you're just a casual fan, I think you had an idea that it was going to be bad. Maybe you didn't know it was going to be this bad, yeah. But I think most reasonable fans would have been like, look, it's going to be it's going to be a rough year. Yeah, um, you know, and I, and I feel for Jeff Scott because I know week to week he didn't know who who, who was going to be able to play. And in some weeks they've had 12, 13 players that can't play because of COVID. And, I mean, you're playing right. a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who you never thought you would play at this point. And it's just, you know, it's hard to get continuity. And when you're trying to install new systems, I mean, I can't even imagine how hard this is. No, but. yeah. I give him a ton of credit. And, and you mentioned it. Look, that. Yeah, talk about the game. I thought maybe in the game against Memphis, they lost by one to a pretty good Memphis team. I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe they turn a corner here, and then they get you know rocked by Houston. But you know, you just mentioned it. They were missing thirteen guys for that game, uh, including their starting quarterback from the week prior, Noah Johnson, the Armwood alum, wow. who he's he's a talented kid, and that's hard to do. And, and look, I love Jordan McLeod. He's a heck of a he's a heck of a student athlete for them. A great representative, not just for that program, but for that school. I just I don't think we've seen the the progress we've wanted to see from him, you know, from year one to year two. He looks kind of like the same quarterback. So I don't know how much he can help you in terms of moving the sticks offensively. But, you know, there 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 are pieces there. There are some young pieces there. Daquan Evans, the defensive back, I think he leads them in interceptions. 
Uh, some of the running backs, Kelly Joyner, Brian Batie ran well against Houston. I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Marion Dollison, the receiver. They've got he's got some pieces there. Uh, Jeff Scott. He's just got to he's got to find his quarterback. That's that's the main thing. Kenny Morales joining us here from Spectrum Sports 360. Hey, you want to weigh in on the Antonio Brown situation? Um, you know, I, I, I read the arrest mm-hmm. report, not the arrest report, but the police report this morning, and I was honestly I was horrified. Um, yeah. I, I can't believe. And then the Bucks coming out saying they knew about this incident and they yeah. still signed him. I, I think the NFL is going to do something here. They're going to probably suspend yeah. him again. And if I'm the Bucks, mm-hmm. uh, save some face, cut him now. Um, while, yeah. while it, make it look like it's your idea. Because this is, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm very disappointed in the Bucks, And I don't want to crap on their you know, Super Bowl parade here. It's the last thing I want to mm-hmm. do. But this is this is bothersome to me. What, what do you no, think? I, I'm right there with you. No, uh, it just the optics look terrible. It looked terrible. Uh, I think, look, I know he's a heck of a talent. And obviously he's already made somewhat, you know, a little bit of an impact coming in here on the field. But he's just not worth what he's producing on the field, even if he was doing great, it's just not worth what he's doing off of it. It it looks awful for the team. It looks awful for the area. Um, I think right now, I think they need to go go ahead and get out in front of this as much as they can to just cut him. Like you said, just just cut ties now and move forward because I really liked what they did in that Carolina game. I think they have a lot of – I think they can build on that, but it's going to be hard to build momentum and feel good about what you're doing on the field when you have – this guy and all his problems off of it yeah and you know the whole dynamic of you know Brady being the guy that really wanted him to come in here and you know how does that sit with the other receivers I mean look at Scotty Miller he played nine plays he was their leading yeah. receiver at one point this year now he's playing nine nine plays and he was pretty damn good by the way and he had he great won. great chemistry with Brady yeah I liked him a lot I, I really I, I feel bad for him because he's been a heck of a talent um yeah. And a dude can scoot. Scotty Miller can absolutely scoot with the best of them. Um, no, I, I just I, – I trust Brady. Look, I get it. It's Antonio Brown's his guy. Mm-hmm. You want to help your friend. But sometimes, even when it's your best friend, like even when you're not in football, you got a friend in regular life, sometimes you just got to say, look, man, I, we got we to gotta stop this. This is it. I gave you enough chances. And you got to cut ties. Otherwise, at some point, they could also bring you down as well. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts, Kenny Morales, Spectrum Sports three sixty joining us here? What are your thoughts just on where the Bucks are now at seven and three with the bounce back game against the Panthers? Um, did a lot of good things, but now you got the Rams and the Chiefs in the next couple of weeks. You're really gonna find out where you stack up as far as the best of the best. Yeah, no, I'm excited for those two games. Those the really exactly what you said. You're gonna find out exactly what kind of team this is. Uh, because if you can come out, even if you go one and one in those games, I think you feel pretty good if you're the Buccaneers, especially considering now that the Saints are without Drew Brees yep. for you know uh, whatever period of time he's out. I mean, that could be I mean rib, rib injuries like that, broken ribs. That's that's nothing to play around with. That oh, he's coming back next time. week. He said, yeah, it'll oh, be yeah. two weeks. I got to puncture lung. Fine. I'll be right back. Yeah, and let's let, let's see how he feels if JPP gets to him or yeah. something, or some other D line just hits him once. Um, no, I mean, they got a chance, a real legit chance here to, you know how they got embarrassed by the Saints? They got a chance to, to, to kind of get some respect back in the league. The, the, the Panthers win, that's nothing. It's a, it's an okay Panthers team, bad if you really want to be honest about it. Uh, but if you can go out here and maybe beat the Rams or the Chiefs, then you're back in the national conversation about, okay, maybe this Bucks team is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and, and where, do you, uh, where do you come down on the Rojo versus Fournette um, uh, oh, give me Rojo. Oh, all day long. Give me Rojo. Right? 
Jimmy Rojo. I mean, did you see that? That run was phenomenal. Ooh. That was a great run. He's he's talented, man. He's got a lot of talent. I like Fournette. I love Fournette um, in short yardage situations. Uh, he's got he's he's talented out of the backfield too in terms of catching the ball. It's nice. It's always nice to have multiple good running backs. Yeah. But in terms of your bell cow, give me Rojo. Yeah, all day long. He he breaks more tackles. He's faster and yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, got to clean up the fumbles a little bit. Yeah, but that's. That's all right. It happened. He he made up for it. He he totally redeemed himself like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Kenny Morales, sports, uh, Spectrum Sports 360, joining us here. What else have you guys been uh, covering in, in local sports? You do such a great job. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, honestly, it's not local, but I've, and we got a lot of fans here. I know you you included. Uh, I've been keeping up with FSU a lot and just kind of keeping tabs on, on what Florida State's been doing. Oh, uh, do we really got to go there? Really? <laughs> Well, they had such they had such a busy week last week in Ugh. terms of attrition and guys Brutal. being you know either you know removed from the team or leaving the team or you know injuries things like that. Uh, it's it's interesting times up there. That's for sure for Norvell and company. Yeah, so they got Clemson this week. Um, I haven't even looked at the line yet. I'm going to guess it's probably like 105. 35. I mean, it's I'm going to I was <laughs> I was going to be nice. I was going to say 28. I wonder. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Let's everybody make your guesses. I'm going to go legit uh, thirty. Eh, let me go twenty-eight. What do you What do you got? Twenty-eight. What do you got, Kenny? I was going twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. All yeah. right, Johnny. Well, I already know what it is. So I can't guess. All right, what is it? <laughs> ESPN has it at thirty-four and a half right now. Thirty-four and a half. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. I mean, to be honest, I don't. Give me think Clemson. That's... I'll lay the points. <laughs> yeah, that's not that far off. That that sounds about right. No, I mean it's. I, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be similar because it's at FSU, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's going to be similar to two years ago when they came to Doak, and you saw that one, uh, that famous meme with the, the the. I think it was the professor of FSU just sitting in the stand by himself reading oh, yeah. a book, oh, yeah. shirtless, yeah, and it was like fifty-two to ten. It's going to be. It's going to be something like that where it's a snoozer by like halftime. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's really going to show what kind of fight, you know, FSU has. I mean, they don't have the, the athletes, obviously, to compete. But, you know, you can you can put mm-hmm. up a fight and show some pride. Um, and yeah. that, I think that reflects on your coach really well. And we'll, and I think that'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see because, you know, as an FSU fan, uh, there have been times when I've been excited about this team. I went up to the North Carolina game, and they showed a lot of fight in that game. They really did. They they played hard for, for 60 minutes. Almost lost, but they, they brought it home, and mm-hmm. I, was, I was proud of them. But since then – it's been a disaster, one disaster after another. So I, I just don't yeah. know what to make of Norvell and what he's doing there right now, to be quite honest. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I think I think the one thing, I, if you're an FSU fan, and I don't know if you're feeling good about this or, or, or what way or whatever, but the fact that we're starting to see some more attrition in terms of like, okay, Tamara and Terry's gone. Uh, James Blackman has gone ahead and left. Um, you're seeing guys that, you know, maybe are I – mean, I love James Blackman. He's a heck of a kid, obviously. I wish him the best of luck. But Terry, it was pretty clear that him and that staff just didn't see eye to eye, and you need to you need to go ahead and kind of clear those kind of kids out of your program and really to really start fresh. And so, uh, but I, I like some of the other like kind of thing with USF. There are some young pieces that I like yeah. on FSU, um, like Lawrence Tofili, a local kid here from Pinellas Park Love as him. a running back. Love him. Um, and I think Chubba Purdy will be good. You just got to. I, he hasn't had any time to practice. Barely, he came in injured. Didn't have a spring. I mean, it's it's uh, you know it, it's tough. It's tough to throw him into the fire. And that I believe NC State was his first career start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he didn't look that bad. Um, it's just 
it's going to take him some time to adjust to the college game. But I, I think they have something there with him. And, and I will say the offensive line has looked better. I mean, that's not saying much considering the yeah. bar was like basically <laughs> on the floor uh, the last couple of years. But it has taken some steps forward. I, I think, you know, FSU fans, as much as they don't you know, want to hear it, got to be patient. It's not going to be fixed this year. Probably not going to be fixed next year. Nope. Uh, I think I think you start to see some improvement, and maybe you know, maybe next year you think, okay, six wins, seven wins, and then the following year, I think 2022, you're like, okay, you're back to competing and being a good team. Well, right at this point, I think they uh, have um, 85 freshmen and sophomores that are doing most of the playing, so they're the youngest team in the nation right now, and they're taking their lumps. But um, yeah. you know, well, they they're gonna have to have two more really good recruiting classes to get it back in maybe that third year. So we shall see what happens. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. But how about them Gators? I mean, they oh, they have a legit shot not only at the uh, the playoff of the national championship, and I think Trask right now has got to be the odds-on favorite for the Heisman. Either him or Justin Fields. I yeah. mean, goodness, Trask is that kid's a machine. Um, him and. Uh, Kyle Pitts, who he has, he didn't even play the last couple games, and it didn't even matter. Uh, Trask was still just slinging that thing to anyone who wanted to catch it, and uh, it's it's crazy. His story is awesome. I mean, that's so it cool is. to come from. I believe he was a two-star uh, recruit. You know, sat behind Felipe Franks for all those years. Sat behind Dr. King in, in high school. Never didn't even yeah, start in high school. Be, no, he exactly. He'd been a backup for basically his entire mm-hmm. career. And for him to come in uh, last year, do really well, and then follow it up this year with basically a, a Joe Burrow esque yeah. run. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna say LSU is there. The Gators are there yet. You know, on LSU's level from last year, but Trask is pretty dang close to what Burrow did last year. His his numbers are video game like. And just watching him play, the accuracy, the arm strength, the, the athleticism. Yeah, I can't believe this dude was was never a starter anywhere. The only thing McElwain did buried right. in the depth chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody was that McElwain that recruited McElwain. He nobody, nobody was recruiting Trask. Nope. McElwain Mac went out there, and I think he. Was, I don't even think McElwain was recruiting him. He was recruiting somebody else from that same school, and he was like, he "Who's was. that kid?" And yep. he, he recruited the backup him. Quarterback. And he recruited him, <laughs> and yep. that was it. I forget. Yeah, he's exactly right. It was. Uh, I forget who it was. They had some position coach out there, and he was recruiting another athlete at that same high school, I believe. And then they were like, "Oh, you got to look at our quarter, backup quarterback." And it's like, okay, sure. Yeah, I like right. Yeah. How about that? And he's gonna win a, he can win the Heisman Trophy and a national championship. What a story. So cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stick to it, kids. Don't transfer. <laughs> All right, uh, Kenny, uh, what else you guys got going we can look forward to on Spectrum Sports three sixty? Oh football coming up here. Um and you know, man, just the norm. We always uh we cover a little bit of everything. Bucks, um, high school football, USF. Got the USF UCF game coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'm excited Looking for that. I'm a UCF alum. Yeah. I'm a UCF alum, so I, you know, oh. I'm actually I took off I I took off for that game, so I'm going as a fan. That's uh, on so the Friday at three thirty too after Thanksgiving, right? Oh yes, perfect, perfect kickoff. Yeah. Perfect kickoff for me. That's a great day. Uh, yeah, time, that's a got, yeah. Got got time to enjoy and get ready for the game, pregame a little bit, and enjoy enjoy my win afterwards. <laughs> you think? Um, we shall see. All right, partner. Ah. <laughs> Appreciate right, it, Kenny. For sure, man. Anytime. All right. We'll uh, check in with you down the line. Kenny Morales, Spectrum Sports 360. All right. We'll take a quick break. Uh, come back on the other side. Got a special treat for you foodies coming up on the other side. Richard Gonsmart, owner of the Columbia 
and all those great restaurants has a new concept coming open. I've been waiting for this for about two and a half years since he first told me about it. Uh, an Italian market and beautiful restaurant in Ebor. We'll tell you all about it. We'll chat with Richard next. Stay with us. The Big 8. 820 WWBA. So people tell me, what time is it? Time to get back to the show. This has only just begun. More with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back. Before we get our good friend Richard Gonsmart on the line, i got to tell you about another good friend of mine, Paul Sampson, who runs Black Rock Bar and Grill, one of our wonderful sponsors, and remind you that the brunch, the Sunday brunch, is going on every Sunday, 11 to 2. You get your entree and bottomless mimosas or Bloody Marys, just $18.99 for the entree and the bottomless. So that's a good way to get a Sunday going. So check it out at Black Rock, two great locations in Carrollwood, and also in Brandon, Black Rock Bar and Grill. Try out that brunch. And they got a, a great uh, special going on right now for a little special date for you and your honey as well. Dinner for two for like 30 bucks. It's great. Check it out. Uh, it's at Black Rock Bar and Grill. Um, 727-518-0820 is the number. We'll be uh, chatting with uh, our friend Richard Gonsmart here in just a little bit. We'll get him on the line. A couple other notes. Uh, Theo Epstein has stepped down as the... Um, president of the Chicago Cubs after nine seasons. Uh, very interesting. They departed ways or parted ways with Joe Madden. Epstein was the driving force behind that. Um, David Ross became the manager. Very interesting. And now Madden is out in L.A. When uh, Joe will be doing his thanks, Miss Soon. So we got to get him on the program. We'll be talking to Joe Madden, I'm sure, in the next few days. And uh, let's welcome in another Tampa Bay treasure, our good friend Richard Godsmart from the Columbia Restaurant Group. What's up, Richard? How are you? Hey, JP. Great to be with you today. Oh, low energy as usual, Richard. I can hear you right. <laughs> You're the best, listen, man. Listen, I, I just gave a pregame speech to my team here at Casa Santo Stefano. I said, we may fumble the ball in the first curve, but we'll pick it up and we'll run and we'll win. Like Ronald so, Jones. <laughs> if we get a fumble, go 98. Make up for it, oh, right? Oh, you, you got it, man. Yeah. Everything I look at, I relate to sports and getting prepared. Well, um, I know you were a great athlete yourself at one time, right? Been, been a few years. Yeah, <laughs> like all of us, yeah. But uh, but so you're opening the, the Casa, Casa Santo Stefano, tell Stefano. us t- tell us about this. You told me this about about two years ago. You were going to get this together, and, and it's it's been uh, a long time in the making. But we can't wait. Tell us about it. I've been I've been working on it for five years. Five it's to years. Remember five years. It's to remember the Sicilians that immigrated from the little village of Santo Stefano at Quisquina, the center of Sicily. They came. Sixty percent of them from that little village came to Ebor City looking for a better opportunity. And I, I just can't let that part, that heritage, disappear from Ebor. My best friend since I was three years old, Vincent Polori, whose family owns Florida Dairy, now known as Sunny Florida Dairy, I would go to his nonna's house and eat on Sundays. And I love that gathering and sharing the, uh, oh, yeah. the, 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 the you know, the pasta and then the, the entree. The meatballs came after the pasta and the salad was last. Uh, and, and so it's important to me not to ever forget that. So they've been selling this dairy for 112 years, and tonight Vincent Poirier will be here with his wife with me, and he's the godfather of my daughter. And I've got pictures of his mother when she was four years old and of his grandmother when she was in her 20s. 
Uh, you know what? It's one of the things I love about you, Richard, and what you do with your restaurants. I mean, you really attach the, the history of this community to your restaurants, and it, it, you bring them alive uh, through food. And I think it's just it's fabulous. Um, and, and tell us about some of the different things that we'll see um, at, at the Casa Santo Stefano. I mean, I know you have stained glass windows of famous artists. Uh, tell me about some of that stuff. Well, well, the, well the food is true Sicilian, and I've been to Sicily five times. When you do business there, it's all about relationships. They won't just do business with you on the first visit or the second. Maybe it takes three visits. So you're going to really step back in time. But I went to the different villages that specialize in different types of ceramics. Our, our tabletops in the kitchen, which is in the dining room, is all volcanic rock that's been oh. hand-painted. And cool. yeah, in the little village of Catadroni, I, I went there at 11 in the morning into the street where all these little um, home, uh, businesses were. And I go in. They speak no English. I speak no Italian. I start calling my chef, who's from Italy. He's been with me now three years. It's calling him at 5 in the morning. Finally answered the phone at 6. <laughs> <laughs> so when you come in, there's a horse I bought that's 250 years old from Italy that I bought in Lake Lucerne. And it's just marvelous. I've got some, uh, lots of photos of some notable characters of Sicilian history. And we have a mezzanine that resembles... Um, reminds us of the family that built the, the Ferlita Macaroni building in 1925, how in 1929 they lost their home and they built the mezzanine to live above where they worked. And then the walls that we took out some bricks, and I took a photo with my phone of this World War One memorial with the names of many of the families. Oh, wow. The Ferlita family are there. Yeah. And we took out, I took out the bricks to showcase how war not only destroys buildings, but it destroys families. Yeah. JP, every piece I hand-selected, I didn't use a designer. I would love to take people around and show them the history. The stained glass came from um, Jesuit Chapel, built in 1962. Joe Testasetka, he's 92, and he was here last week. He was very moved to see that his work would be remembered and cherished by many of the next generation. Yeah, Richard, I grew up, uh, my mother was Italian, Roxana D'Amelia, uh, from a village called Calitri, which is about 90 miles uh, south uh, east of, of Rome. Um, beautiful place. I've never been to Sicily, but it's uh, the Italian part of my heritage is, is really what I identify with and the food itself. And I, I make all my stuff from scratch like my mom used to make. And I know that's the, the food. This is what it's all about. Everything is authentic Sicilian recipes. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the lasagna. Listen, all you know, the, the South, I love the South of, of Italy's food. And yes. I like that tomato sauce. We have four different tomato sauces. I mean, gosh almighty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when uh, uh, we had a testing yesterday, and a friend of mine, this, this reminds me just like my nana made it. I said, wow, that's yes. like the best compliment. Yeah. So this, this is JP. We're going to be open um, uh, initially from 4 to 10 every night. And we'll be opening for lunch maybe in about three weeks in our rooftop bar, which is called Stefano's uh, Drinkeria. Mm -hmm. In Sicily, uh, the, the bars that serve craft cocktails and street food are called drink Koreas. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it, it's, I'm patient. Yes. Because not how much I do that first three months is how much, how well we do at the end of the first year. Now, are you guys open now? When, when's, when's opening night? We're, well, right now. We just didn't tell anybody. Oh, oh, <laughs> soft opening. Yeah, 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 soft, very soft. And uh, we have about about only 80 people coming in tonight or so, but maybe we'll have more show up. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, now, now you know, 
I don't keep a good secret, do I? No, you don't. You're awful at that. Well, I was going to take uh, a special friend to Eulalie tomorrow night, but maybe I'll just go down to Ybor City, see what I can find. Listen, you give me a call, and I'd love to have you. And uh, I'll, We have 180 Sicilian wines. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I need help. I've, I've gained thirty pounds working. I've been oh, I'll take it butt. off your hands. I'll take it all <laughs> off your hands, partner. I'll do it all. Hey guys, yes. thanks for everything you all do and keeping us informed in the sports world. Hey, listen, hey Richard. Before you go, just a real quick um, uh, comment, if you would, about the restaurant industry. How you guys have survived this, and and you know, I, there's talk of more lockdowns. Uh, I, I don't think the restaurant industry can can survive anything more. How, how, what does it look like right now? It, it, it scares me for many uh, independent restaurants, yeah. small restaurateurs, chefs. Uh, I, I don't know how they're surviving. It's it's terrible. It's very very challenging for us. Uh, I've been preparing twenty five years. Our family's been through many of these yeah. these crises in the pandemic of nineteen eighteen. Um, if we shut down you're going to see a lot more closures and you're going to see some closing still, even if we stay open, uh, you know, we need to rally around. We have to be safe. Our, our restaurant here at Santa Stefano is about uh, 45% occupancy is what we're doing. I, I have no need to pack it in. So we're wearing masks. We're, we're being safe. And that's the most important thing is that yeah. we make our staff feel safe, JP and our guests are safe and we got to enjoy life. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, brother. We got to learn to live with this thing and keep our businesses going. I mean, why live when we, you know, we, we can't work or we can't enjoy these things, you know, right? We so. didn't miss a beat during this time. I said, I made a commitment to our staff and we were feeding did. the equivalent of 9,000 meals a week to our staff in all of our restaurants. Um, you got to take care of the family yep. and they take care of us. So, yeah, my prayers are with everybody in every industry is suffering. Yeah. Oh, Richard, you are a Tampa Bay treasure. I can't wait to uh, check out um, Casa Santa Stefano. It's going to be fantastic. Thanks, partner. All right, buddy. Appreciate Thanks it. a lot. You'll be good. All right. Good luck. Oh, man, I just I love restaurants that really care about the experience, not just the food, but the overall experience. Service, which is can make or break any meal. Food can be great, but if the service is terrible, it, it's 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 no good. Um, but you know the food's going to be great, and the ambiance is going to be tremendous. Hey, uh, Johnny, Radio Johnny, like to make a call. Please hang up and try oh, this again. This is good. This if is good help. radio. Um, Raider. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and uh, we'll hear from rookie Tristan Wirfs. Will be very interesting to hear from uh, him after being rated the top rookie by Pro Football Focus. Stay with us. WWBA. Fan Street Sports. Tap the app. Oh, yeah. Fan Stream Sports. Download it today. Now back to more with JP. All right. Welcome back. 727-518-0820 is the number if you would like to uh, jump aboard. Getting some very interesting responses to uh, our Facebook uh, question today on Antonio Brown, whether the Bucks should keep him or jettison him. Um, we're going to revisit that at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Um, so far, just one 
statement from the Buccaneers basically saying they knew about it when they signed him, which I think is shocking and even more damaging. But uh, we'll get to that at the top of the five. Um, one of the great stories of this Buccaneer season has been right tackle Tristan Wirfs, who Pro Football Focus have uh, rated as the top rookie um, grading out game by game. I mean, that's that's rookie of the year type stuff. That's how phenomenal he has been. And it's it's impossible for an offensive line to win uh, lineman to win rookie of the year. I don't even know if that's ever even happened. Probably has maybe once or twice. I'd have to go back and look at it. But um, now with, you know, grading systems for offensive linemen that are becoming so prevalent and public, you know, people can actually put a numerical value on how an offensive lineman is playing. And we always were able to do that by, you know, with skill position players looking at their numbers, but not really offensive linemen. But now we can. And if you watch the tape each and every week, like like I do uh, for Bucks games, you marvel at how how quickly this guy is adjusted. I mean, you know, offensive line, it's some, the best of the best coming out of college usually take three to four years to really find their way. And this kid has been asked to block Cam Jordan, and this week will be asked to block Aaron Donald, who's been playing a lot on the outside as well. So, and he's he's answered the bell almost every single time. So uh, he has been a tremendous story. And, you know, let's give Jason Light huge marks for that draft pick as well. I mean, the a lot of the other tackles were already taken, so I'm not sure if he was number one on their board, but they said he was. But you always say that about your draft pick, right? It's like, we, we, he's the one we really wanted, of course. But whatever the case, they nailed it. And, you know, and I, I don't think it's going to be too long, probably next year, because uh, Donovan Smith's money's not guaranteed next year. I would say Worfs will be – the starting left tackle next year. He's proven that he can he can play the position. Well, not left tackle yet, but he can play tackle in the NFL. Uh, he chatted with the media yesterday, so uh, let's listen in to Tristan. With Wirth. everything you guys dealt with this week, you had a storm that rescheduled practices. You had, obviously, the long flight delay. You're already playing on the road against a division rival. You're coming off a really tough loss. What does it say about the mental and physical toughness of this team to be able to go in and, and, and get a win like that? Yeah, you know, I think it says a lot. Um, I've never been a part of anything like that, like the the plane thing. Um, but you know, just to to go in with the with the no excuses mentality. You know, that's that's all you can do, really. You know, we got to the hotel at like twelve thirty, so you know, we we got there, went to sleep, woke up, and went to play a game. Um, there's nothing you can. There's nothing you can do about it. You just got to go out there and play. So, um, I think it was pretty cool. You know, everyone going out there and and having having the same energy. Um, you know, because that's that's all we could do. And then these last two weeks have have been kind of your first opportunity as a rookie to face a team for the second time after having played them earlier in the season. What was that process like for you? And and what did you feel like helped and, and just how'd you go through that process of kind of using what you learned the first time around and, and being better this time? Yeah. You know, it was, it was a little bit different. Um, Cause you know, you look back at your notes um, you know, what, what a guy gave you the first time um, and you're like, well, like, is he going to do the same things? Is he going to try something different? Um, and you go back and what, you know, you, you watch clips of the first game um, and see what worked and everything. And um I was just trying to just try my best to to you know do what I do um, and and what worked like do do what worked the last game um, and hopefully you know um, have the, have some have some success with that um, but yeah it was it was different for sure you know playing playing a team the second time um, 
um, I've never experienced before. Thanks, Tris. Next question will come from Joey Knight. Hey, Tristan, you got another prime time game coming up, obviously, and you guys, it's no secret, y'all have struggled. Just the way you have conquered so much adversity this past week, having your schedule disrupted and obviously your travel disrupted, you think you can kind of maybe convey that to, as if to say, hey, if we can do everything we did last week and conquer that, certainly we can conquer our issues on playing on prime time. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, um, you know, it might, it might just be a mental, a mentality thing, you know, going into the game. Um, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes kind of sitting in a hotel all day is kind of tough. Um, so I think it's just, you know, having to get your mind right at a, at a certain time, you know, rather than kind of going all day and, and trying to start too late, you know, get everything rolling. Um, but yeah, you know, like, like you said, like having, having that much adversity thrown at you, um, in, in, in one week, you know, I think definitely we can, we can come out and, and, and be explosive, you know, in a primetime game. Which they definitely need to do, which they haven't done yet. They'll be practicing all week at night. I'm not sure how much difference that makes, but we'll see. Maybe it's just mindset. Well, I mean, we might help a little bit this week, considering it's a little cooler this week, too. Yeah. But it, it definitely disrupts all their routines as far yeah. as, you know, watching tape and, and what they're doing from a family standpoint. But um, it makes the point, though, more than anything, we got to come out fast. And we can't, you know, we can't, you know, th- this this matchup with the Rams, I think, is going to be extremely interesting because, I mean, they're one of the best coach teams in the league, and they run a lot of different stuff offensively and defensively. This is going to be a high volume learning week for the Bucks. They you know rarely play; they played them last year and hung forty five on them, so they have that great experience to fall back on. Um, but you know, again, every every season is different. And and this past week, the Rams lost uh, Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, who's been a you know an absolute rock. So this is an opportunity for for the Bucks to you know make some adjustments and get after the quarterback this week, Jared Goff, who moves around a lot, a lot of bootlegs, let me to be a lot of uh, discipline on the ends um, to to really really play well and play disciplined football. Uh, but they have an opportunity to to get after Goff, no doubt about it. By the way, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Pro Football Focus has him rated um, graded out at a seventy eight, which is the highest of all. Buccaneer offensive lineman, um, 21st out of 77 tackles, whereas Donovan Smith's at 69.1, which is 46th out of 77. Um, Kappa, uh, actually not not terrible at 65.7, as uh, 29th among guards of 83 guards in the league. And um, Mally Marpet was, was, was grading out the highest of anybody. Ryan Jensen's at 62.8, which is 23rd among 39 centers this year so um Worfs has been freaking unbelievable I, I mean for offensive linemen to grade out this well is very very um it's 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 unusual in fact as I look across the board other than Tom Brady he is the highest graded offensive player Brady, Brady Brady's at 90.8 as far as PFF goes second among 37 quarterbacks that's not too bad by the way and Worfs is at 78 which is tops among the rest of the offensive player as a rookie, as a rookie. And they've asked him to do a lot, block a lot one-on-one. So um, he's been nothing short of uh, tremendous. Uh, and, um, 
An offensive lineman has never won rookie of the year. Never. Never. Never won rookie. No, he could be the first. Yes, he could be the first. I'm trying to think who are the other. Um, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is doing, but obviously he's AFC. NFC rookie of the year. I'm trying to think of who other, what other rookies are. Um, off, the, off the top of my head. Uh, da, 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 da. He's up there. He's up there with that type of grading and, and the, what he's been asked to do on a team that's you know probably going to go to the playoffs and maybe make a deep playoff run. He could do it, no doubt about it. And um, and that's just a testament to not only himself but um, Harold Godwin, the offensive line coach, and and the Bucks have done a tremendous job because we talked about him coming in that he had some deficiencies in his game, speed rushes. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, when you looked on tape, and we thought it might, you know, be a while till he was able to, to uh, you know, to correct those, and it hasn't taken him any time at all. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. We know that, but you still have to take the coaching, put it to work, and um, he's done a great job. He's gone from jumping out of pools to being maybe the rookie of the year in the NFC, which is tremendous. All right, we'll uh, take a top of the hour break for a little bit of news that we are. Absolutely contracted to do. Otherwise, I would not. Trust me on that. And we'll come back and we'll uh, hit the A, um, the A B situation once again. We'll update the poll. And will the Bucks cut him soon? Will the NFL uh, suspend him? They're looking at it as well. Will he be arrested for violating his parole? Uh, you may not have heard the entire story. Uh, we'll give it to you next when we come back in three. Stay with us. Eight twenty WWBA. It's time to get y'all. Nothing but pure sports here. Now back to the show with JP on Fans Dream Sports. All right, welcome back. Seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty is the number if you would like to uh, jump aboard. We'll uh, we'll hear from Bruce Arians here in a little bit on uh, the upcoming matchup with the LA Rams on Monday night. Monday Night Football, again, a primetime game. I, I just, I'm sorry, I don't buy into any of this garbage about, you know, primetime games. Uh, you know, I, I look at all those the primetime games that we've had. You know, you look at the Giants game, that was a typical trap game. Coming off a big win, going up there, it was cold, it was windy, no fans, dead atmosphere, you know, a, a scrappy Giants team that is, you know, playing hard for their, their new head coach, Joe Judge. I mean, that... That's just one of those games you see every every week in the NFL, and and then the uh, the Saints game. Look, um, <laughs> I hate to say this, but that was an old fashioned ass whooping, and it was it was because of the offensive line could not block. Joe Haig had real had a, a real hard time, and Donovan Smith, the entire offensive line, and when Brady gets pressured, he's not great. We figured that out. Um, so I, you know, I I don't think there's anything mysterious about playing at night or playing in the prime time in front of the big lights. It, it's more matchups than anything else. So you know, but I, I appreciate the the coach looking at it in a creative way, pra- practicing at night to get their body clocks used to it. You know, maybe that maybe that is something. I think it's a, a very creative way of going after it. But we'll see how it pans out. You know, I, you know, this is a, a good matchup, I think, for the Bucs. They showed that last year when they hung 45 on the Rams. 
Um, but blocking Aaron Donald's going to be obviously a huge key to this. Um, and taking advantage of, of the weaknesses of the Rams as well. Their defense is phenomenal. I think as of this week now, they're the top scoring defense in football. And guess what? The Bucks are the top scoring offense in football. They've scored more points than anybody in the league. So usually when the best offense plays the best defense, the best defense wins. That's historically what's gone down in big games. But we'll see. We'll see how this uh, this plays out uh, for the Buccaneers. All right, 727-518-0820. I wanted to hit the um, the Antonio Brown situation once again. Uh, we put up a, a poll today on Twitter and also on Facebook. And uh, let's uh, check out how the, the Twitter poll is going right now. We got um, 138 votes. Uh, the question was, the Bucks knew before they signed Antonio Brown about an incident October 15th in Hollywood where he destroyed a security camera, threw a bicycle at a security guard, and verbally assaulted the property manager. What's your take? Uh, 30% say we shouldn't have signed him. 33% say no big deal. 7% say cut him now. And 30% say keep rolling with AB. So basically 63% saying Keep rolling with AB. No big deal. I'm, I, I got to admit, I'm a little shocked by that, to be quite honest. Um, some of the responses we got, um, somebody said not to mitigate what happened, but the report indicated that the, he threw the bike at the security gate arm and damaged it, not at the security guard. I've seen multiple uh, different tweets or reports on that, and – my understanding is he threw the the bike at the guard and it landed on the gate. I'm not sure that matters. That's kind of semantics. When you're throwing bicycles at people or things, that's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. Uh, the other thing we learned about the situation is he, after he confronted the female uh, gate guard and dropped F-bombs on her, smashed the security camera because he was pissed off that he had to come out to the gate to let in some of his friends. And the only reason he had to do that is because he had violated other rules of the community and therefore um, had to be on gate restrictions. And we don't know the particulars of that. Then after that went down, he went into the office where the property manager was and called her an effing racist bitch. And tore down a bunch of COVID posters in the office and dropped a bunch of F-bombs yelling and screaming at her. Just trying to do her job. So, clearly, the NFL has said they're going to look at this and investigate this. And since he is a repeat offender multiple times, I think it's very likely the NFL suspends him again. Also, there are legal issues now with Antonio Brown because even though the charges were dropped because the property manager didn't want Antonio Brown to retaliate against her employees is the reason she gave for dropping and also saying that we've reached an amicable agreement on paying off the the damage, et cetera, et cetera. So they didn't want to press charges, but his parole was based on him not violating the law. And clearly here he has violated the law. So it is within the rights of the state of Florida 
and, and uh, I guess the jurisdiction of Hollywood to revoke his parole and put him in jail. That too could happen. As far as and as far as I know, it's hard to play wide receiver from jail. Now the other extenuating circumstances here are that the Bucks say that they knew about this. Now I don't know. Well, they said they knew about it, so I'm guessing that they read the police report. So Antonio Brown is once again assaulting verbally and maybe even physically a female security guard, throwing a bicycle, smashing a security camera, berating a property manager, calling her a racist effing bitch. And this is okay? The Bucks are like, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. Really? This is what we want from our team? You know, and I and I said this earlier, and these this is mostly for folks who are just joining us. You know, I for the Bucks to say that they knew about this and still signed him. I said yesterday on the show, well, no way the Bucks knew about this before they signed him. There's no way they would have signed him if, after knowing about this. Oh yeah, they did. Evidently, that makes it worse. That makes it way worse. This is October fifteenth, folks. This is two weeks before you felt it so compelled that the offense was so terrible that we had to go out and get Antonio Brown and this headache. And who you know if it was if it we know it wasn't Bruce Arians jumping on the table for him. He said many times he didn't want him here and that's the reason why. So whoever talked him into okaying this deal, my guess is it's Tom Brady. Who else would have the power and, and the and the stroke to be able to do that? You know, and, and you could make the case that his presence certainly upset the rhythm of the offense against the Saints. I still don't think the Bucs would have won, but it wasn't a plus, that's for sure. Your leading your leading receiver at one time, Scotty Miller, isn't even playing now because A.B. is getting his reps. You know, is A.B. better than Scotty Miller? Well, of course he's had a better career, no doubt about it. But that has really nothing to do with is he better for the team right now. Clearly, Scotty Miller was being very, very productive and had a great chemistry with Tom Brady on the deep ball multiple, multiple times. Whereas, you know, A.B., this last go-round, there was one deep shot where he turned the route inside. It looked like a bad throw from Brady, but, you know, from all I'm hearing and and seeing from people who are uh, breaking down the tape, that was on A.B. So, in in week one, he stopped the route and, and Brady threw it long. That's on Brady. But still the miscommunication, does that happen with Scotty Miller? I don't know. Probably not. Who knows? But the bottom line is, is this the kind of organization that you want to be? I I don't want that to be the case. In uh, some of the comments on uh, on Facebook, um, Joyce Elizabeth says, get rid of him. Uh, Charles Breger says, give him to Grady Judd. <laughs> yeah, that'll straighten him out. And he'll be in jail, by the way. If he did any of that stuff in Polk County, Antonio Brown would be in jail. Don't don't think any different. Um, Michael LeFay says, get rid of A.B. Abe Howard says, so what? He threw a bike at a gate and bruised a few egos. The NFL just needs to man up and quit the blatant harassment of this buccaneer. <laughs> believe that was tongue-in-cheek.
Um, Jeff Diaz says, I think they should keep him. My understanding is he has gone through anger management training uh, with Tony Robbins. No, yeah. Um, he should be given the chance to prove that it worked. If he screws up after then, then cut him. How many chances did they give Jameis before they let him go? Even after they were lied to, one chance is not too much for AB. I think AB's had more than one chance. I could be wrong here, but I do recall a few more transgressions in Pittsburgh, multiple, multiple, multiple times in Oakland with the Raiders, in New England, and now here. Um, TJ Malloy says, if the Bucks knew all about this before putting him on the team, we should keep him. Now, if Bucks were fed half-truths and non-complete information, different actions. When you dance with the devil, there will be some hot days. Ain't no doubt about that. Uh, John Toll says, what do the computer analytics say? I would consult Kevin Cash or the Rays front office on this one. <laughs> but I agree with you, JP. Cut him loose. Um, Stuart J. Levine says, if he can help us win and stay out of trouble, why cut him? Um, because chances are he won't stay out of trouble based on his past. Uh, Mike Collins says, agree, he's a cancer. Uh, Pamela Brooks said this, this is not who the Buccaneers are, double exclamation point. Now they have become a team that will do anything to win. We already have a very good team. We did not have to lower our standards for a win. Could not agree more. Well said. All right, who we got on the line? Jim from Tampa. Jim. Hello, Jim. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey JP. Hey, you know, I agree, but I, I – I was with you, uh, you know, when when Winston went through the stuff in the offseason, I was really against how B.A. handled it. But you know what? I realized that Brady is the reason we're 7-3. and three. And Brady is the reason A.B.'s here. So, you know, with all, all that chemistry you talk about with Scotty Miller that Brady had with him, Brady still wanted A.B. And, and that's why he's here. So, you know, if uh, you, what are you going to do? I mean, he's the one that... You know that you even said that Bruce Arians did not want no. uh, Antonio Brown. So, you know, you'd have to you you have to call it like it is that Brady. You know, you got to take his his his. Does he obviously has a desire to win, and he wants mm-hmm. to show prove to the world that he can win, and he thinks that uh, Brown will help us win. So, you know, now granted, look, I, I have to believe that they knew about it. But uh, if they didn't, you know, and if you know, if it turned out that uh, Brady didn't know about it, or, and Arians, maybe they will. Then yeah. that you would think they would cut him if yeah. they didn't know about it. So whatever. But Brady's the reason that he's here. No, I so. agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And, and this and, and this brings up an interesting issue here, is that you know, so Brady is kind of on the hook here to make this work, right? And and yep. when you're and when you're personally invested in something like this, and you kind of led the way. You're going to maybe overlook certain things that other people shouldn't. And here's the deal. This is why we have, you know, a dissemination of powers, right? Like the coaches are, are, are to coach, right? And, and Bruce Arians is tasked to create a culture, right? That's one of the number one things that coaches do, create a positive culture among the team, chemistry, right? The organization is also here to, you know, make sure that the players that they bring in do not bring harm to the community, Right, that's one. Of, that's one of the organization's responsibilities. I think we can all agree on that. So they have a say in the character of people that they bring in, right? Um, and obviously, the Glazers have signed off on this, which 
I think is problematic. But everything you say is is, is true. But but here's the thing, just like you would say that you know the the health experts when dealing with COVID have a certain you know things that they have they're very concerned with. Whereas the president or, or a governor has to consider many things. You have to consider the economy, uh, mental health, and all these other th- different things. The, the health experts are very, very, you know, focused on health. Like, how can we keep the, 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 the spread at minimum? They don't care about the economy. They don't care about everything else, right? Well, Brady's worried about touchdowns, right? It's all he cares about. Well, yeah. we got to score points. But it's not his job to to think about team chemistry. It's not his job to think about bringing in certain players and what they mean to the community. So as a, as a coach and as an organization, that's why you have that trump card. You say to Brady, look, we understand the guy's a player. We got it. But, you know, here are the reasons we're not going to do this. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We could go through the alphabet with Antonio Brown. Well, but didn't Bruce Arians say that he would cut him if he found out some different stuff? So maybe that's going to happen. Who knows? Yeah, we'll but, see. We'll see. I mean, but, um, you know, thanks, I, I think JP. the yeah, – yeah. thanks. I appreciate the call. I think I think the, I the don't think there's any question that the NFL is going to suspend Antonio Brown. I mean, given given – you know, I think a lot of this story has kind of been brushed under the rug. And like anything else, once it becomes light of day, the optics are going to be really, really bad here for the Bucks. Really, really bad. Do you want to be the uh, team that, like, waits till the NFL makes a move? If they're going to do it anyway, shouldn't you get out in front of this and at least show your team that, you know, because this could be actually a unifying factor for this team. I mean, I, I can see Bruce coming out and saying, look – you know, we had heard about this, but we didn't know the breadth of what actually happened. And once we found out the details, it was too much. And we're just going to, you know, we're going to cut them. Thanks for, you know, we appreciate you coming in, blah, blah, blah. But go get your stuff together. And I think that would be, and, and say, look, you know, we got Scotty Miller. We got all these guys. We're going to galvanize together. And, you know, this is our team moving forward. I, you know, I think it could be a galvanizing moment. I really do. And keeping him around is just going to, I think, continue to. I mean, look at all. We're already talking about this. You know the players are talking about it. The fans are talking about it. The NFL is talking about it. The cops are talking about it. This is why I said, it's you know, eventually this is going to happen with AB. The fact that they already knew about it. My God, Bucks, what are you doing? I mean, the, the disrespect. I mean, what... I could tell by just some of the comments on Facebook, the women, you know, Buccaneer fans are like, get this guy the hell out of there. And, and what, and I asked this before, I'll say it again. What's the responsibility on the Bucks if Antonio, in one of his fits of rage, finally hurts somebody seriously? I mean, what, 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 are, what, are the, what is the organization going to say then? They're going to have, they're going to have an egg on their face. And worse than that, somebody's going to get hurt. Or worse. Well, who knows what this guy's capable of doing? Dave from Tampa. Dave, you're up next. What's up, buddy? JP, um, as far as uh, a, uh, Antonio Brown goes, the head scratcher for me is, and only Brady knows of this, um, if I had a hot wife and two young children that he adores, um, he is trusting him in that house with them. That's my head scratcher because this has nothing to do with color. This has to do with AB's track record with right. women right. and 
and, and cussing in front of children and smashing things and all that, um, I would not trust him in my house with my hot wife and my two wonderful children. Hell uh, who no. Are, who are young. So why is he doing is, – is Brady just naive, you think, or stupid about this, or, or because – I think he comes at it – honestly, I think he comes at it from a – a charitable sense. I mean, he said the other day that he, you know, a lot of people didn't grow up like he did, and he wants to reach out a hand and give, you know, give him a, a an opportunity. And I get all that, and that's fantastic. Um, and it's it's a great sentiment. And I think we all should try to help people, especially those who didn't have the advantages of growing up. But my God, I mean, you're 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 like, it's one thing to help people, but if I if there's a certain person that has, has tr- just repeatedly spit in the face of people who have tried to help him repeatedly. I mean, I, I just I, – I, those aren't the people I want to help. There's plenty of people you can help. He ain't one of them. He's shown, yeah, he he's shown a disregard for human beings, a disregard for, for women especially. He don't give and, a rat's ass about anybody but himself. And he still has some of those millions left, JP. He can go find his own place to live. Hell but yeah. You, as a father, you're a father of what, two? Yes. As a father of two, don't you draw the damn line when it comes to your children and Hell your wife yes. at, at home? But why is Brady not drawing that line? Is he just stupid or naive? And I'll hang up with that question, yeah. JP. Thank you. I, I mean, he's clearly not stupid. But naive? Maybe. Maybe. I think he's very naive, to be quite honest. I mean, this this is not like one or two incidents. This is, this is, this is multiple incidents of violence. It's only by the grace of God he didn't kill somebody when he threw the damn table off the 14th floor of his condo with, with children by the pool. It's only by the grace of God he's not in 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 jail for manslaughter. Not to mention all the I mean the physical abuse allegedly he's put on other women. I mean with all these allegations, don't you think there's a little bit of truth? There's a lot of smoke, a lot of raging fire here. Dave from Brandon. Dave, you're up next. What's up, partner? JP, as usual, you're on point when you brought up optics. Uh, something that a lot of people don't talk about, JP, he quit on the Steelers. That was the yeah. red flag number one. Okay, now the worst commissioner the NFL has ever had is in place right now, going back to optics. I don't think he should be in the league, and I don't think he's going to finish the season with the Bucks. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, JP. I don't think he will either. I, I I don't see how the NFL can can with a straight face with what he just did to two more women, um, accept allow him to keep playing. I mean, and I'm not a big optics guy, but to me, first of all, Antonio Brown should be in jail. He's on probation. Well, he, he, should, he shouldn't be in the league. Well, yeah, and, and first and foremost, yeah, he shouldn't be in the league. I agree with you. Second of all. What the hell is our justice system doing? This dude is a freaking menace to society. When you create a, when you commit a violent act like he did against the, the, the guy in, in the moving truck who he attacked, and you get put on parole, and a judge says, you do anything else, you don't have to be convicted, but you do anything unlawful, I'm going to revoke your parole, and he goes out and does this, guess what? It's time to pay the piper. Arrest his ass. He well, should well, JP, be in jail. He's a public menace. JP, you are correct, though. When I'm saying optics, 
I'm looking from the fans, uh, you know, how we're looking at it. I'm looking from Goodell's eyes, how he's looking at it. Now, like you said, the police, where is the police reported it? Like you said, JP, I didn't think he was going to make it through the season. And with this, everything that you've said, I've just caught the last half hour. But everything you've said, it is lined up to where you have to investigate something like this. Yeah, it's already been investigated. The police report is out there for everybody to read. And I think, you know, early on, I was like, oh, you know, they didn't charge him with criminal mischief. He hit a security camera. Okay. And then I went and read the entire report, and I'm like, holy. I mean, this is, this guy was unhinged. I mean, if somebody told you, hey, um, you know, you, you got to go up there and get your guests when they come in, you know, because you're on gate restrictions or whatever, and that's what the situation was. Which, again, why was he singled out in his community to be on, quote, gate restrictions? Let's let's find out what the story oh, there's, is. There's there. some more optics there. Exa- there's some exactly. optics from their level, yeah. Exa- we still don't know the, the whole totality of what he's done here. And, and for the uh, property manager to say we don't want to charge him because we're afraid of his retribution on our employees, well, what does that tell you? Does it tell you that he's been working with Tony Robbins and he's all over his anger issues and he's not doing this stuff anymore? This was a month ago. This was two weeks after, you, right before you signed him. This dude ain't. This dude ain't right. So he okay. just flips the switch and oh, I, I don't have anger issues anymore. I'm good. Oh, okay, that's great. Tony Robbins, you're a genius. What? One of my many Davisms I have in my lifetime, JP. It's 62 years old. I don't baby grown men. Okay. Thank you. I don't baby grown men, and he needs to be baby. I'm gonna let you. Now you got me all fired up, JP. Well, I'm glad you are. Maybe somebody should get the Bucks fired up. Look, and, if, and f- folks, if you've listened to me over the years, I rarely, rarely go after situations like this. But to me, this is, you know, and I, I love the Buccaneers. I, I love the people that run the organization. I think they've been doing a fantastic job, doing a great job in the community. They whiffed on this one. They whiffed on it bad. And they better cut their losses before Antonio Brown does something very serious to somebody in this community. Because that's going to look really bad. And if you think you can control him twenty four seven, I think you're I think you're you're mistaken. And I think I've got a a a list of transgressions that goes back multiple years. And I hear all these people say, "Well, he knows this is his last chance." Well, he didn't know that in New England. He didn't know that in in Oakland, really, because we all said the same thing. The coaches all said the same thing. When are you going to learn? And, and, and the shame of it is the culture of this team was so good. So good. And, and, and Tom Brady may say, well, he's been great around me. Of course he's going to be great around you. You're not a woman that's telling him to do something that he doesn't like. Because when that happens, it, it, Antonio Brown's history is he's either going to beat him up, allegedly, assault them verbally, maybe throw a bike at him. Maybe smash a camera. Maybe call him a racist effing bitch. (laughs) I can't honestly believe that Bruce Arians and, and, and the Glazers and Jason Light read this report and said, yeah, let's sign him. Really? Really? I, I I think too highly of all of those people to think that they would do that. 
hopefully they recant their statement and say, well, we didn't know, we didn't look into it that well, which would be bad because you should have. Either way, Buccaneers, rectify this situation right now. Get it done. Cut his ass. Get him out of here. Get him out of my community. Get him away from my daughter. Get him away from everybody in this community. I'm sorry. Enough is enough. And if you don't, and it's it's worth to win a few games, my, my experience has been this. Guys like this eventually ruin your team. No matter how good they are, eventually they ruin your team. They ruin your chemistry. They F up on the field. Or they screw up off the field. And it's just a matter of time. All right, quick break. We'll come back, and um, if we don't have more calls, we'll get into a little bit more on Bucks versus Rams. Um, the college football update as well. COVID causing more havoc across college football, and USF loses one of their, their really, really good guys and good players. Talk about that next. Stay with us. Thank God you're back. Now, back to the show. More sports with JP. All right, welcome back. Hey, by the way, we're going to be at Oak and Stone in Bradenton on Friday, the rooftop location down there in downtown Bradenton on the river. Cannot wait. Heard great things about this Oak and Stone. Beautiful restaurant. Weather's going to be great. Friday happy hour. So come on down to join us in downtown Bradenton. At the Oak and Stone. Um, they're still doing uh, gear for beer at the Clark Road location. So wear your gear in there this weekend for college or pro football games, and you get free beer. If you're an FSU fan and you go in there to watch the game, which will be at noon against Clemson, 32-point underdogs, you should get like a free beer wall because you're going to need it. You're going to need to be hammered. After that, that Yeah. It, it's, it's going to be very instructive to see how far, <laughs> how far the – FSU is from actually competing against Clemson, and it's going to be ugly. Uh, the Knowles are, uh, I think, have eighty-five freshmen and sophomore or redshirt sophomores on the on the roster right now. And how about USF? USF is down to sixty-four scholarship players right now. Uh, they lost KJ Sales to, um, I think, to a knee injury, so he's going to be out the rest of the year. Fine defensive back, also a great uh, great young man. Uh, he organized the unity walk right after the um, you know when the, when the all the unrest was going on and, and the Black Lives Matter um, protests were going on. He organized this great unity march, which was fantastic and has really been a leader in the community. And um, I'm not sure if he plans on coming back next year or what have you, but uh, a big loss for USF as they play Navy this week at home. I think it's an eight o'clock start at Raymond James Stadium. So go out and support them. Maybe a chance to get a get a, a first conference win this year. They only have one win so far. It's been a rough year for Jeff Scott, but man, um, just hasn't had the players, hasn't had the time to get his culture going. Very, very unfortunate for him. And uh, the Gators this week is that uh, that game at home Vanderbilt twenty eight point favorites. Uh, actually, no, I think it's in Nashville. I think it's up there in Nashville. Oh no, we went there last year, so I think it is. home. Yeah, I think it's at home. Pretty sure. Um, how about what are they putting about fifteen twenty thousand in there? They're loud. The Gator fans be loud in there. 
They're probably sneaking in a little bit more every week. I'd like to know how many uh, gator baits have been said. Are they? That's right. We totally forgot about that. Are they allowed to do the gator baits here? Mm, they're not supposed to. But mm. You know how many of them people like to listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, no, it's at Vandy. It is at, at Vandy. Oh, okay. It's up there. A um, couple other uh, notes from our um, our poll today about AB. Uh, it's Tampa two says, "Where did the Bucks say they knew about it before they signed him?" All I saw is that they that they know about it now. Didn't say when they found out about it. Not being a smartass, just don't see what you're saying. Uh, it says Tampa too. Well, I'll, le- I'll read from their actual statement. Uh, we're aware of the reported incident involving Antonio uh, Brown prior to his signing. That was the Buck statement. So that's where I got that from. You know, reading statements and stuff like that. Um, when Antonio joined us, we were clear about what we expected and required of him. Thus far, he has met all expectations we have in place. But, again, they were aware of it prior to his signing, according to their statement, Tampa 2. Um, and this Bob Ahern says the same thing. Subtle play on semantics by the Bucks to say they are aware and were uh, not were aware gives them an out. No, this says directly, I'm quoting from the statement, it's in the Times here. We're aware of the reported incident involving Antonio Brown prior to his signing. So, yeah. I'm not making it up. Um, Tony D says, if in fact the Bucks knew they should have, uh, they shouldn't have signed him. They look very reckless by doing so. Well, they did. Uh, Mark Davis says, no longer a Bucks fan because of this signing. He's obviously been a distraction to the team. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if the players would say that. I think some players would, uh, but just in general, I don't, I don't think they would. But again. Very dis. I, I personally, um, I just don't think it was a very good idea. All right, uh, life moves on, and as of right now, Antonio Brown will play this week against the Rams until we hear something different from the NFL or the Bucks. Um, more importantly, maybe uh, for the Bucks, will Ali Marpet be back for this game? And if not, how are they going to configure their offensive line? Let's listen into Bruce Arians' chat about that. Bruce, uh, uh, is, is there any update in terms of Valley's availability for this week? No, he's still in the protocol and, um, you know, some minor stuff. But, uh, you know, with the, he'll have uh, individual workouts with the trainers um, while the rest of the guys are taking off and, uh, and see if we can get, get through this and get him through the protocol. And then what are your impressions of the Rams defense? They've gone through a defensive coordinator change, Brandon Staley, who's kind of a big Fangio disciples come in. What have you seen from, from the Rams defense on tape that, that causes you concern? You know, the players, <laughs> the players haven't changed much. The scheme's totally different, but you still got Brockers and Aaron Donald and, and all those guys, Floyd playing good for him. Jalen is a, a big addition to the secondary. Uh, but they're they're very, pretty much a zone coverage team, with Jalen playing some man to man in zone principles. Uh, mm-hmm. So he gives them flexibility to do a lot of different things defensively. But it all starts with they have a lot of five man pressures and uh, and they're very very tough to block. Thank you, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Next, we'll go to Jenna Lane. Yeah, that's definitely not hey, the Coach, um, in going back and watching some of the primetime games that you guys played this year, what were some of your observations or, or reasons that you think maybe why you guys didn't play your best football? 
Uh, that's one of the reasons we're trying to, because the week of practices was great. I think it's um, mm -hmm. what we're trying to do now is to practice at night and uh, mm -hmm. so that we know when to rev it up. Um, mm -hmm. We'll do some more, like I said, Monday morning stuff to hopefully get ready before the ball game and uh, just focus on getting to a better start. We haven't started well in any of those ball games. Was there anything specific, though, that you noticed, like maybe guys' speed getting off the ball or, or you know, at the line of scrimmage or, or maybe um, from a focus standpoint, an alert standpoint? You know, a lot of times if guys are, are used to playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and that's, that's the time of day when they're used to being locked in and mentally focused, sometimes by the end of the day, their brains are just a little bit tired. I, I didn't know if you picked up on any of those types of things. No, it's just bad football. Mm -hmm. Bad football, not ready to play. Gotcha. Thank you. Pretty simple stuff. I have. To, I don't think it has anything to do with the time of day. No. Maybe that's just me. No, I don't think I mean, so. I look at the film. It's like, they didn't block that guy. <laughs> what does that have to do with what time it is? To be totally honest with you, I'd rather play at night, but I think it don't matter. I think it, it's a little, you know... I don't. Well, I don't think it matters to players. To be honest, no, with they're just they're hyped up. I mean, I, I look. I'd much rather point to the tape and go, "That was a bad decision. They couldn't block that guy." The players aren't. I mean, I guess you could say mentally they're not ready. But to me, it was more about who they decided to put at left guard than, than you know what time of day it was, and and of course, and according the opponent. Let's give the opponent a lot of credit as well. But I, I just like the creativity. You know, for Bruce to say, "Hey, well, let's let's try something different. This ain't working, so why not? We could practice at night. Why not? I'm down with that." For sure. Next question. Next, we'll go to Ira Kaufman. Bruce, any any chance you're thinking about taking the guys to uh, Tampa International for pizza on uh, Monday afternoon? <laughs> uh, Ira, maybe and just go over there for sit on an airplane. You know, and just, just, just sit there about four hours before the game and see, see what that does. Yeah, it worked one time. Why not? Hey, Bruce, uh, 10 games into the season, Bruce, is it fair to say that, you know, when you guys are keeping Brady upright and protected well, that um, you're going to take your chances against any team and, and any defense? Yeah, and I think a huge part of that is the running game, you know, keeping him – uh, when when we establish the run, and it doesn't have to be a 200-yard run, running game, it's just the establishment of the run and the play action and stuff that keeps him clean in the pocket. And uh, you know, any defensive lineman, when he has two things to think about, uh, is not going to tee off like he does when it's just putting yours back on third down or, or pass rush the entire time. So it definitely, um, when he's standing and not going on, when his uniform's clean, we got a great shot. Thanks, Bruce. Next, we'll go to Luke Easterling. It's pretty simple. Protect Brady, you win. I think we figured that out. Bruce, you know, especially after you guys added Antonio Brown, I think some people may have looked at all the weapons that you have in the passing game and wondered, you know, how, how can we feed all these mouths, right? But Sunday's performance, you had a big day from Chris, a big day from Mike. AB made some big plays and had seven catches. You got touchdowns in the red zone from both of your tight ends. You know, is this proof that you can absolutely make it work with all those guys and, and feeding them the ball? There's no doubt, you know, and it's all about their, their egos. If you check your ego at the door and it's all about winning, it's not hard at all. And then I know that last week, you know, getting targets to Mike was a big part of what you guys wanted to focus on. Obviously, he had a big day. Uh, is the, was there anything that happened differently on the defensive side, on Carolina's side, that allowed you guys to do that? Or was it a matter of no matter what it looks like on the other end, we're going to get him the ball? 
Uh, yeah, there, when he was out wide, there was a lot of single coverage, and uh, we were able to, to get him one-on-one and um, would have liked to have seen him catch a couple more balls, actually. And uh, But he was not double-covered the whole time. Then when he was inside, he got open. Uh, we got him the ball a few times, and uh, Tom just spread it around, I thought, beautifully in this ball game. And again, you're going to have more targets when you have 80 snaps on offense. You know, when you when you get 80 snaps, everybody should everybody should have a shot at getting the ball in their hands. Thanks, Coach. Next, we'll go to Greg Allman. Hey, Bruce, had two uh, special teams questions for you. First, uh, uh, Carolina definitely likes these fake punts, and you've managed to stop them twice. Uh, I had one ask you what, uh, who snuffed that out, who saw that, what the key was to to keeping that from working. Yeah, I thought Keith did a great job preparing the guys all week. You know, he 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 went back in the, in the archives and brought up every damn fake I think known to man, and we ran it against our guys, and they just did a great job anticipating it. And uh, you know, other other than the kickoff return, I thought we we won the special teams battle hands down, and then we just we missed the tackle and didn't fit it. We should have had an easy tackle on the 17, 20 yard line on that return. And then I saw, I don't know how rare this is. I think Pat O'Connor played every single snap on special teams, all 32. It seems like that's fairly rare. Does that happen often for you guys, that somebody can do all, all the units like that? Yeah, I mean, those core guys, we, we have three or four guys that uh, we consider core special teamers, you know, and uh, they're on every phase. Um, and uh, Pat, Pat uh, he, he's probably one of the few that could play on field goal protection, so he gets them all. Thank you. Pretty exactly. sure he was the one who missed the tackle on the return, too. Had him dead to rights and uh, whiffed. Whiffed. Uh, all right, that's uh, Bruce Arians as we get set to play another Monday Night Football game. This one against the Rams. And uh, we will be doing a hour-long pregame show at American Social on Monday. So if you're looking for a place to watch the game, come join us there. We'll do the pregame show, and then uh, we'll watch the uh, watch the game right there. And well, MORTV will also carry the game live on their air, so you don't have to have uh, cable or anything like that. You can watch it free over the air. There you go. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break, come back, and finish things up. The, your, uh, your comments, our final numbers on the A-B poll. And there, there seems to be a little bit of um, misinformation about whether the Bucks knew prior to signing him. We'll try and clean that up when we get back. That's enough. Let's get back to the show. Now, more sports with JP. Oh, gosh. So I'm texting back and forth with Greg Auburn here, and uh, maybe I need to get him on the show so he can explain this to me. He says, uh, read the statement. They're saying the incident happened prior to his signing, not that they knew it prior to his signing. They're saying it didn't happen while he was on the team. Well, we know that. But, but yeah, obviously the incident happened prior to his signing. I understand that. Uh, we all understand that. But this, their statement reads: "We're aware of the report. We're apostrophe. So we're aware of the reported incident involving Antonio Brown prior to his signing." I mean, what? I don't understand. Like, what am I missing here? That's that's clearly prior to his signing, um, unless they misquoted him here in the Times. So I'm not reading exactly from the statement. I'm reading from the reprint of the statement in the Times, unless they mixed up the semantics of that. And again, I mean, if there is an, a, a a report out there 
um, a police report. I mean, the Bucks. E- either way, they either knew about it or they didn't do their due diligence uh, with a guy that you ought to be doing your due diligence on. And it wouldn't be too hard to dig this up if you were really doing your due diligence. It's pretty pretty easy to just you know call the Hollywood Police Department or look it up because it's public record. I mean, you're either not looking for it or trying to ignore it. So I'm, I'm not sure it even matters in that regard. But it, I guess it does, actually. If the Bucks did know and they still signed him, I think it's horrible. If they didn't know, what, why didn't they know? If, they're, if, they're, if you're going to make a move like this, you better do some damn good investigation and reporting. And again, it wouldn't take too much to, to, to get to that. So, I don't know. I, I I could I could be I could be wrong here, but again, I don't I don't think it really matters one way or the other. They still, as I said earlier, shouldn't have signed him. Um, this one from Gunny six 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 says, "I hear this. The incident was committed prior, not that they knew prior. Just my opinion." Well, yeah, we all know it, <laughs> it was prior to his signing. That's obvious. What we want to know is if the Bucks knew about the incident before they signed him. And by reading their statement, I think it's pretty clear that they did know. Am I again, I'm I'm confused. I'm perplexed. Am I missing something here? Johnny, back me up or tell me I'm crazy. Last time from what I'm reading, I'm I'm guessing that they already knew about this before signing him. Right. I haven't seen anything else yeah well again um i think we're getting into semantics here the bottom line is um it's happened what are you going to do now what are you going to do now are you going to keep him on the team i i don't know i i i just i can't see it um all right, a couple other things I want to get in before we we uh, we leave. Um, Monday night football, this Monday night game against the Rams will be the first time an all-black officiating crew uh, does a game for the NFL. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome, and it's happening here in Tampa Bay. So Jerome Boger has been a longtime referee, and his crew, um, an entire black officiating crew. Certainly, um, about time, no doubt about that. And Vikings game last night, Vikings Bears. Did you watch any of that last night? I didn't watch that one. No, but boy, watching the Bears, I think they had 120 yards at 104 yard kick return for a touchdown from Cordell Patterson. Now has eight, which I think equals the NFL record with Devin Hester. Yeah, Devin Hester, yeah, former Bear as well. Um, but <laughs> Nick Foles, who got injured, it looks like he's going to be okay. Um, 120 yards of total offense. Like, I look at the Bears team, like, against Oof. the Vikings defense, that ain't that good. That ain't the old Vikings defense. This is the new one, and it sucks. It's and trash. the Bears, I mean, it's, they are, how the hell did we lose to Chicago? Thursday night football. Thursday night football. And, and, and again, a crap ass performance by the offensive line. It's, it's, I mean, it's as plain as day. The two teams that have gotten after Brady, the Saints and, um, and the Bears beat the Bucks. It's pretty. It's pretty damn simple formula. Um, so it's 
as long as Ali Marpet can play and they can put a good offensive line out there, the Bucks have a great chance to win each and every time they go out. You got to love that. Um, Lamelo Ball could be the number one draft pick. I still think it's going to be James Wiseman. He, I, well, I'm going to tell you this: he's going to be the best NBA player. I think of all of them. That's that's my prediction. I don't think any of the balls are going to be any good. No, so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's more hype than anything else. Although I think Lamelo is way better than his than his brother. Yeah. Um, Me, Tony, and I have discussed, and we 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 agree that Lamelo is probably the best ball at all of them. Yeah, but I I still I would still go with Wiseman. Wiseman's he's a tremendous talent. Tremendous talent. And and we talked about this a lot yesterday, but um, it's uh, pretty clear now, even though Sean Payton wouldn't say it yesterday, uh, that Jameis Winston is going to be the starter for the Saints for the foreseeable future. Who who is it? uh, Greg McElroy, who said he had this exact injury when he was at Alabama. Yeah. He tried to play in a bowl game 37 days later, and on the first play he got hit and was all numbed up, and it was like, sorry, couldn't play. Um, Drew Brees, he wants to say three weeks, and they didn't put him on IR, which means he has to be out three weeks. If they think he's coming back from this in three weeks, they're out of their mind. Well, they, I was just read something earlier today. They're talking about they don't even know what all damage is done. As of right now, they only know it's five, five fractured five fractured ribs. ribs and a punctured lung, and it collapsed. Yeah, a collapsed lung. And they're saying there's could be more, and they haven't yeah. released it yet. He's getting a second opinion on another doctor, so they're, another doctor's going to tell him what's going on. He's insane if he comes back in three weeks. He's, he and says the, he's and, the, and the Saints, the Saints should not let him. To be quite no. honest. It's almost like a death wish. Yeah. And, you know, let's see what Jameis does. I'm I'm <laughs> I'll be watching. Ain't no doubt about that. I think it's gonna be very, very interesting. And you hear some people talk about, hey, you know what? He could bring a whole new uh aspect to this offense. They got great receivers that can get downfield that, you know, Breeze isn't always uh, you know, a- able to get that ball downfield like Jameis does. So yeah, you're gonna get some picks, no doubt about it, but you're also gonna get a lot more explosive offense. So uh, I'll be interested to see what I the would Saints love look for like. Him to prove me wrong and yeah. make me look like an idiot. I think he's gonna. I I I, I can't say. I I think it's gonna be interesting. Much watch TV. All right, folks. Thanks for participating in the poll. Don't uh, forget to listen to the podcast. 